Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What is up, Gypsy Gang? We are back for another episode of the Gypsy Tales podcast, chapter 145 with Brenton Mumford. Uh, I met Brenton. He's a professional MMA fighter, uh, long-time career MMA fighter. And I met Brenton when I was down uh, in Wollongong doing the Alex Volkanovsky podcast. Uh, Brenton was helping him get ready for his title defense against Max Holloway, which he won. Uh, and, man, we just got on instantly. As soon as I met him, I was just like, fuck, this is a really, really cool, humble dude. Uh, really enjoyed the time that I spent hanging out with him in Wollongong. He's from Lismore, uh, but spends a lot of time training at CMBT, so I could just get to see him around a lot. Um, really, really good dude. And I knew the first time that we met, uh, that we'd end up doing the podcast just because he's a super easy guy to talk to. Um, so I'm really glad we made this one happen. Brenton fights on Saturday night, this Saturday on the 20th at Eternal MMA here on the Gold Coast. So I'm not sure how many tickets are left for that. Um, this will be one of the biggest cards of the year on the Gold Coast. Uh, so make sure you head to the Eternal MMA website, get yourself some tickets if there are any left. But if you miss out on tickets and you still want to watch the fights, uh, UFC Fight Pass. Josh Kuhn is a member of the Gypsy Gang and he'll also be fighting on this card. So we've got two members of the Gypsy Gang fighting on Saturday night at Eternal. So make sure you get tickets or watch the live stream. Uh, this episode is brought to you by the guys at Macro Kitchen. You can head to macrokitchen.com.au. Uh, pretty sure the code Gypsy Tales will get you 10% off though. Uh, but fresh packaged meals never frozen uh, they do delivery within the gold coast uh, you can sit down and eat in their restaurant which is on the gold coast highway in burley uh, or you can do your order online and do the click and collect deal really 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 good food um i kind of fluctuate between <clears throat> between cooking uh and eating these meals sometimes i feel like i have the time to cook other times like the moment I just, I, yeah, there's no time for me to cook. Bachelor, uh, barely able to wash my geese to get to training, let alone cook. So uh, when, when I'm kind of in that swing with work, macrokitchen.com.au is the jam for me. Uh, we're also brought to you by the guys uh, at CMBT. You can head to cmbt.com.au. Uh, plant-based uh, protein uh pre-workout really really good supplement company it is designed for combat athletes by combat athletes but i mean i say to the boys all the time i feel like life's just a, a bit of a fight so uh, i am heavy on the supplement program when i'm training uh it is really really hard for me to ju to do jujitsu five days a week and feel good while i'm doing it 
Uh, so without the CMBT products, I think I'd find it a whole lot harder, to be honest. Uh, and I do notice that when I'm really regular, my body definitely does feel better. And the only time it doesn't feel better from CMBT products is when I stop taking them, uh, which is just through my own, I guess, like uh, inconsistency. So just trying to uh, trying to get rid of that. But uh, yeah, cmbt.com.au, use the code Gypsy Tales. I'm pretty sure there's a 10% off code on that. Uh, we're also brought to you by the guys at Crick's Tweed. You can head to crickstweed.com.au. Hit up Kyle. He is absolutely the man there to get you sorted. If you tell him you're a member of the Gypsy Gang, you are going to get looked after. Uh, incredible after-sales service as well. Um, these guys, they're just one of the best dealerships in Australia for uh, for those reasons. Uh, and we're also brought to you by Boost Mobile. You can head to boost.com.au. Um, I just got my phone from Boost as well. Uh, the end of last year, they do uh, pre-owned f- pre-owned phones that are in a one condition they go through the full check uh so i got the iphone 11 pro off those guys the prices are insane uh makes me never really want to buy a new phone again so you can find out more uh, at refurbish.boost.com.au uh, that is it from me. Thank you so much for listening to the Gypsy Tales podcast. As always, uh, you can subscribe to both our YouTube channels. Uh, if you don't have a YouTube account, but you've got a Gmail account, then that means you've got a YouTube account. So you can just sign in with your Gmail, uh, hit that subscribe button, hit the like button on a couple of shows. It really helps us out. Uh, and you can also hit up our merch store at gypsy-tales.com. Thanks very much, everybody. Uh, we've got a bunch of shows coming. We've really been going hard. So I hope everybody is still enjoying the content that we are putting out. Um, I have the best job in the world. I'm very lucky. Thank you all very much for tuning in. Brent Mumford, we're doing it, brother. We're doing it. How's things? Good, man. Good. Hard in camp. Yeah, yeah. So what? Next weekend? Next Saturday, yeah, March 20. Yeah. We're on again. I've had a long layoff, so... Yeah, how long's it been since you've been in the ring, in the cage? Man, I think... I think it was late June, I think, the last time I fought. And yeah. then... Yeah, like, I was in prep for a fight after that. It was, like, a week out from the one that was supposed to be... I think it was, like, a September fight card on the coast here. Yeah. And just had a freak accident training and got my arm all tangled up with a guy doing jiu-jitsu and just my pec just tore off the bone oh really yeah like it was a weird like a freak accident there was like no pain at first or nothing just pop and i was like oh shit is that my bicep yeah and then like yeah no pain but then within like you know the next half an hour it started to hurt i had a shower and that and i was like fuck i can't put my shirt on my arm was all jacked up and and then typical go to like google doctor yeah like shit good yeah what could it be because and like torn biceps and torn pecs like oh there'll be bruising and shit and i was like fuck there's no bruising so i waited like two days no bruising just heaps of swelling heaps of pain and uh i went and seen someone they're like yeah i don't know like yeah we'll, we'll feel around you better get a scan but there's too much inflammation so yeah, we're waiting yeah. for a bruise and there was literally just a little dot of bruising that was it so anyways yeah i went and got the got an mri and they're like oh looks like it could be a partial tear but because you're an athlete, we'll, we want, we'll do surgery. We'll have yeah. to, you can't just let that go. You know, it'd be different if you're older and you weren't going to keep fighting or whatnot. All you, you had to do is mow the lawn. You'd be fine, right? Yeah. So then, um, anyways, I get the surgery done 
And once we were, once I come out of surgery and I, I seen the surgeon the next day, he's like, oh, it was actually a lot worse than what we expected. The MRI actually didn't show. It was, yeah. a, it was a complete tear off the bone and part of the pec muscle had gone up under the delt, under the shoulder oh. and, and started to, you know, and started to heal itself under there. So we had to cut that away and then drew holes in the bone and they mm. yeah, sold all back in. So that's actually quite a, fuck, it was a big, big injury. A big injury. And I was like, this, I'm getting older. I was like, this could be the end. But then I was like, fuck, is it going to be? And then, yeah, I just kind of just got stuck into rehab stuff and my recovery was so quick. Yeah. I was like, fuck, it's not, it can't be the end. And that's when I, I seen you guys down with Volk when I was oh, helping. Oh, okay. So that was, that was literally, uh, that was my just coming back to, not even full training. I, oh. I'd only been training for a month before I went down and helped Volko with his prep for Max Holloway. Right. Yeah. So then when I did that, that was like, that I was fired you back up again. Yeah. So I still kind of, I still had, I was still on the fence. Mm. And then when I went down there to help him and I was with all the other guys that are in the UFC and that, and I was like, fuck, I still got it. I still got it. Yeah, I, and like, yeah. I hadn't been, haven't been training for, you know, X amount of months. Yeah. And I still mix it up with them and, you know, I'm pretty much coming off the couch and I still can mix it up with him and big fat gut on me and shit. I was like, fuck, I, I can't give it up now. So that kind of, that sparked that fire yeah, that cool. I needed to. And I was like, fuck, I'm going to do it again. And then I've literally been in camp to fight ever since I've been down there. Right. And yeah. then obviously like COVID and shit, yeah, just yeah. Put, a, put a halt to all that. When was that, that we were down there? It was probably about like, Mar it's probably a year ago really it would have to june be. last year mate. I, I, like I, end of march april i think i think it was end of oh, i think maybe end of april. yeah i think end of it'd have to have been i had surgery on my chest in late uh middle of october yeah and i think it was about six months because they, were, they said that i wouldn't do anything for like a year that's hectic. and i did all my strength testing at fighting fit and they're like oh it's pretty good you know yeah. like Oh, and you know, like you do your mobility stuff and I was, you know, you're supposed to be in a sling for 12 weeks, but obviously if you go to the physio and, and they do the testing, you go mobility and whatnot. And I could already lift my arm, it had full range and stuff in. So they're like, oh, well, like, there's no point keeping it in a sling. If you've got full range, pain's pretty limited. Mm. The quicker you get back to starting to do stuff. Move it all. Yeah, it yeah. That's gonna, it's going to benefit you heaps more. So I pretty much just got straight back into it and doing what I could. And even when I, I mean, most people like, well, I don't know if most people, but you know, that was assuming. <laughs> but for me, when I've been injured, it's like, I only just take the bare minimum and then I'll do everything else around it. So, yeah. so like, um, for example, um, there's this company, it's like Repel Bullies or something it's called. Anyways, they, they make a strap which goes over the bar on each end and it goes over your shoulders so you don't have to hold the bar to squat because obviously i couldn't oh. squat i couldn't deadlift because this arm was in a sling so you just had like a strap that come around the strap goes over your shoulders and these rings go onto the bar and yeah. then you load the plates on yeah so i was in a sling the whole time so we just had a jack for the bar i just got a jack for the bar i load the plates on with one hand that was a bit of a nightmare so i put this uh this sling on this strap and go over my shoulders and i was back as, as long as because as long as there was no pressure this way like because yeah. all the pressure was across my shoulders yeah, like flattened down yeah, yeah it was yeah, just yeah. across my yeah, shoulders yeah. so i was literally like seven oh, probably between seven and ten days after after surgery 
I was already back in the gym sitting on the bike. Yeah. I put weight, as soon as I got that strap in from the States, I was fuck, throw that strap on there. I was already back in there deadlifting and squatting and doing everything I could. That's so Just sick. didn't use my, just, just yeah. obviously this arm's in a sling, right? And I had a ligament tear in my thumb, so I got that done at the same time. So well, if I'm going to be out, I might as well get everything touched yeah, up. Yeah, so I got, that, up. I got a, a screw put in there. So I was in a sling and had a hand brace on. Yeah. So fuck it, I was like, I'm just going to get this strap and just kept working. So I'm not sure if that, if that was, uh, you know, that helped. Well, surely it'd help because like your natural testosterone is boosted with exercises like squats and stuff like that. And then the extra testosterone in the system would help with muscle repair and ligament. I mean, I'm sure it would do something. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's, I have read before, there's some studies out there that show that, you know, like if you're, say your right leg's injured, mm-hmm. if you do uh, left leg stuff, that you're still going to get the benefit. Mm. You know what I mean? And you'll get the same as if you're gonna, you know, you're gonna do chin ups. So say you, you hurt your legs, you do chin ups. It's not just gonna be your back and your biceps that are gonna, yeah. gonna have the effects of the training. You're gonna have a, the training effects of your full body, which is gonna help with recovery. Yeah. You know, so it'll, it'll spike recovery and whatnot. So I, I, so I thought, well, fuck it, I'm, I'm not gonna sit on the lounge feeling sorry for myself. I'll get back in there. You know, you're gonna feel miserable anyways. You're on painkillers and shit. Yeah. Look, you've eaten shitty food. You look down, your gut sitting on your box. You're like, fuck, I can't do this. And you're normally fucking ripped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was fucking, <laughs> I was miserable. I was like, shit. And especially because I was meant to fight, didn't fight, and that was like, yeah. So fight September, didn't fight, had surgery October. So I was like, in, you know, it was like a week or two before I was meant to fight. So I was like, ready to go, then to be have surgery and shit, and then sit on the lounge and I could excruciating pain like my my partner would have to like so send an alarm for the painkillers because basically what they said was like they're like oh if you don't get on top if you if, if you don't stay on top of it it's hard to get back on top yeah, of yeah yeah because once i left the yeah. gold coast university hospital up here they'd said like stay on top of it you need to have them every four to six hours trying what to, were you to, having had um bro it was a cocktail of fucking, bro, i was off with the fairies for a few days there like yeah, yeah. um so it was so at night time it was a sleeping tablet so like some kind of benzo type thing yeah um two endone one i believe it was tarjan yeah which is basically just that slow release oxy they're good yeah bro <laughs> fuck it rocks your world man. dude i had i've actually got one in my desk <laughs> from a friend of mine has got he fucked it like he pretty much needs his foot cut off yeah right it's so bad and he keeps having these surgeries to try and um you know like at least give him some quality of life yeah but he's just on these insane targens and uh he gave me one i crashed a i crashed a harley in vietnam and um i hit i landed here and it popped my shoulder out backwards and tore my rotator cuff at the back and um he gave me i just went to the hospital in vietnam and it's wasn't great you know so like i literally just had fucking dissolvable panadol yeah yeah. and i was fucked and uh (laughs) he gave me one of these targins and he's like just take a half before you take the full thing he's like or even a quarter test the waters man i've taken a lot of (laughs) painkillers in my life and nothing put my dick in the dirt like <laughs> half of that fucking tarjan and i've still got half of it in my fucking in, my to take it. i'm just saving it for either a super special occasion <laughs> or a real rainy day <laughs> yeah so that's so I, I i think it was tarjan so anyway whatever it was it was just, yeah that's what they are they do give those out because yeah. tarjan i think tarjan is just they a, do like is a, a brand release, yeah. yeah i think it's just the brand so basically like the endone is just the oxy 
fast yeah. release, instant release, and then the Tarjan was the oxy slow release because yeah. then yeah. you don't have them every 12 hours just to keep the pain away. Anyways, where because as I said, I had my thumb as well done, yeah, and that was probably fucking way worse. My thumb, it was like it felt like it was just constantly throbbing. Obviously, when I dosed up on painkillers, that first hour after that, you fucking didn't feel anything. Pretty sure you didn't even know you were alive. You had that many painkillers. So it was like, yeah, yeah two Panadol. I think it was like two Panadol, two Nurofen, two Endone, and a Tarjan, pretty much. And, and if it was at night time, it was a sleeping tablet as well. So it's a fucking cocktail. Do you smoke weed or anything, though? No, nah, not really, huh? Like, yeah. it's- See, that's the thing. Like, that's my thing whenever I get hurt. But so I don't do like sleeping tablets and shit like that. Yeah, okay. Fuck, yeah. It just seems like it. That is a for me at least anyway. Like that's a real effective painkiller. Like yeah. Yeah, I broke my hip last year, and like I didn't really take any painkillers except for like those first kind of few days out of the hospital, and then you kind of then I kind of get off it and, yeah. and just get on that. But for, for, I've thought about like the the whole the weed thing. Like I know a lot of my friends smoke and that, but when I was younger, I had. A, really bad car accident uh, and the person had a head-on collision and the person in the other car passed away so for me that has put a big was that and what was the weed connection there? well now nah, we'll see that's what if i was on weed i'd be in order went to jail yeah i would be classed as driving under the influence oh wow and because i wasn't under the influence of anything it was just yeah. deemed it was just deemed a legitimate accident fuck you know what i mean so but if you have an accident and of that degree man you're going there you're going to go spend some time behind bars for, for an accident true, you know man. what i mean so that's really really put fear into me like mm, i even even really even, about that that much. even well i guess people don't like i didn't think that yeah, as, when sense. i was younger because it was only i think i was it was about 12 years ago now so i was quite young as well i was in my early 20s and my son was like only two so yeah 12 years ago um even for me now like my friends will sometimes they'll have like three or four beers and then drive like bro it's fuck it's not worth it like the you're stress not drunk. you would have been through going through with that would have been heck yeah so like i said you're not drunk but if you have a you know if someone walks out in front of you and you hit them uh, they die fucked. even if you're not in the wrong you're fucked because you're going to be still driving under the influence bro that's like it's a minimum of 12 months in jail yeah you know what i mean like that's what they were trying to get me for for a legitimate accident you know what I mean? So if I if I had been obviously drunk or on my phone or you know had smoked weed the night before or days before, it stays in your system for for yeah, a long true. time they say. Yeah. So I was like, fuck that. So yeah, going back to the the painkiller thing, like that's why I, I've kind of wouldn't. Yeah. Just yeah, because no, out, out of out of fear, yeah. which is dumb because the the effects of pa- like sleeping tablets and shit. Oh, way, way worse. worse. Like it, I think they have like a half life of like seventy something hours, so you're yeah. still gonna feel the effects of like Valium for three days after. Yeah, man. I like we did. Um, that's what I ended. I went uh, flew straight to Bali after like so we we're on this like motorcycle tour. I fucked my shoulder and then I couldn't do the tour and I was either gonna have to sit in this fucking van driving in Vietnam traffic for six days with a fuck shoulder. Or I could fly to Bali and just chill in a cabana for six days and then go home. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, fuck this. I'm Take going me to, to Bali. I'm going to Bali. And, uh, and then so I went there and I just bought like a bunch of... Um, I could only get Valium 
Yeah, yeah. And then that was because of you definitely can't smoke weed there. Yeah. And uh, I was having like death penalty or something there, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, fuck yeah, fuck all that. Yeah, fuck that. That ain't that ain't worth it. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, so then I was taking Valiums at night, but like, dude, that shit fucking rolls me. Eh? Like, I don't feel good after that. No, but even the even the next day, like I've had it yeah, before. Big the, time. Ne- the next morning, everything's. It's, I feel personally cloudy and cloudy, foggy. Like, foggy. I'm yeah. like your conversations you have, uh-huh. fucking all weird, like. Yeah, and like I've actually uh, so when I was training in Thailand I've done it over there before too to try and get some sleep just when your body's all fucked up over there the first yeah. few days it's fucking hard to sleep with like mosquitoes and yeah. dogs barking Fuck, and it's shit. hot and the air con- <laughs> you have really fucking hot and then the air comes really cold and then you get the flu and then yeah. you're battling that so the next day I actually feel like fucking miserable and yeah. tra- even at training it's like fucking someone jabs this like go to sleep and you're split second like, you know you get hit like, what the fuck is going on why am I getting <laughs> hit so much today so <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so when I was uh, recovering from that, my partner, she um, would like wake me up. And obviously I was just, must have been deep sleep and didn't worry about it. But we woke up at like, you know, six in the morning. And I was mostly in fucking tears because we didn't stay until we, we, instead of having that every six hours like you should, like it might've been like 10 o'clock and then I might've had to have more at four. Instead we just slept through till, you know, six, seven, whatever it was until she had to go to work. Bro, I, woke up, I was almost in tears. My fucking thumb, my everything was just throbbing. Mm. So I was like, "Fuck!" So it was just basically like every four to six hours that cocktail for days. But even then, I would still be like, "No, nah, fuck this! I got, I got to go to the gym. Mm. I can't just uh, you know." Whilst I was obviously having heaps of painkillers, I didn't even leave the house. I think it was a, it might have been like five days or something. But yeah, as soon as that, because obviously I own a gym. Mm. So I was like, in, "Fuck!" Where, Lismore right? in Ganella Bar, yeah, Ganella. yeah, yeah. So we're right in Lismore, yeah. yeah. Um, so same city essentially um but yeah so i was like fuck i can't just sit around all the time it's fucking miserable so then i'd go up there and go on the bike and get that strap and kept training and whatnot to to get going kind of thing i was like fuck, there's no way i could just keep sitting around yeah i can't do that eh? it drives me fucking insane well i think when you've been training for as long as you have and i mean for me i've been training with jujitsu like flat out for three years now and like i when i broke my hip man i was going down to combat and like sitting in the sauna just to like be in the environment of the gym and like it really fucking helped my recovery not only the physical like i ended up doing a bunch of stretching and i would do some like upper body shit but man just like the mental side of it too just to be in that environment like it becomes your home and your family and you spend spend a lot of time there you do you know you become you know friends you know you're just on the mat sharing the mat with people and trying to rip each other's heads off your friends after you know what i mean so when i did that actually um it kind of like it all it all kind of fell into place uh, somewhat obviously i didn't get to fight because i was in a sling but the gym we were at the guy that was coaching Muay Thai there in Byron, he started another gym somewhere else. So they freed up a position to coach. So I was like, oh, fuck, you know, it wasn't something I was, it was not something I was actually looking to do at the time because yeah. I was so invested in fighting. But I was like, fuck, it keeps me in it. So I ended up going in and just taking over the coaching role. So I ended up coaching for the whole time I was in the sling, and which was, I think, was quite good because it made me really analyze, yeah. go back to my roots of striking it made me over analyze all the stuff that yeah. what i learned to be yeah. able to teach these people that were so green to to striking yeah and then it really broke my striking down so then you when made, i come back it was you think weird. about your own shit way yeah. more than you ever have yeah like there's stuff i know i do in jujitsu where i've never been taught it 
Um, it's never been on a DVD. It's just like a thing that works for me. Yeah. And it's like a, a combination of a bunch of different shit. And then you get somebody that asks you like, oh, hey, what are you doing there? And then you're like, fuck, I don't know. Can you like film this? And then you like watch it. And then uh, there's like a, a uh, like a, say you're in like half guard, Z guard kind of thing. Get a Kimura. There's like a inversion to the back there. Yeah. That I've never, that I'd like, no one's taught me or anything like that. And I do it. But yeah. I don't even know what, I just didn't know what it was. Yeah. And then someone asked, you film it. And then, man, it made my technique of doing that so much better because I actually had to like look at it, break it down, teach it to somebody. And you, you're finding all of these nuances in this thing that you can already do. Yeah. And then because of that, it lets you do it better. That's right. Yeah, and, you, and it tightens up all your little, little parts because you're like, wait, I grab here. Yeah. And then I go here and I shift my hips here and that. I was actually talking to Miles and Cell last night. We're going over some technique stuff. And that's what I was saying about the, uh, the way I, because I'm not, I'm not a fast learner. So like I can't go to seminars and get shown six techniques because I'll literally fuck them up and I'll make them six techniques into one and none of it will work for me. So I'm like, fuck, I'm not even wasting my money. <laughs> yeah. It serves no purpose because I know I don't learn that way. Yeah. And the way that I learned was like, um, like for a friend from uni, um, they would learn that there they'd be like alright so say for nursing or whatever they would the, the nurse would show the student and then the student would get taught by the nurse and then the student would have to teach the nurse mm. so you, you got three different ways of learning there so I found for me personally that's how I learn the best would be like say if you show me a technique then I will do the technique and you know then I'll teach the technique back to, some, back yeah, to you because yeah, yeah, you yeah. obviously just taught to me so you go no no that's not what I did right so you can correct yeah. me as I'm teaching it back to you Yeah. but then I'll take that technique and I'll show someone else and then what the, sorry what happened there oh sorry no you know I'll take that t technique and I'll, I'll teach it to someone else and that kind of cements it into, yeah. into me then that's yeah. and I find that for me is the by far the best way to learn how did you figure that out uh, so my friend just for, at university that's how they coach that's how they teach you at uni for, yeah, right. for a lot of the just, oh, a lot of them I think like you know physio you know like EPs yeah. you know they'll go oh, well we're going to show you how to you know manipulate this joint and then they show them and then they'll you know then they'll talk them the student through manipulating it and then they will have to talk the teacher through why yeah. they're doing it yeah. you know because then you're, you're reteaching it so it's almost like when you read something to write to it write back it down up. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so that yeah, way yeah. then you rather than highlight it because yeah. if you just highlight it you've fucking only read it once right but if you read it like i even do that as well like i'll read something and then the parts that i really want to remember mm. i hand write them down i don't even type them i hand write them down because into like a diary because that'll make it yeah it like cements at home i for used me. to do that when i was in school actually well i still do that for for technique like if i get taught something like i've got in my phone you know, I've got a whole diary at home that if I get taught something, you know, it's like, you know, for when I'm in Thailand, for example, and yeah, I'll, I'll work yeah, with like yeah. Frank or George Hickman with the wrestling stuff. And yeah. I'm like, there's something I need to work on with that. They would teach me and then, you know, I'll drill it for an hour or whatever else with them. And I'll go back to the hotel room and I'm straight in the, you know, pen yeah. and pad. I write it straight down, you know, and then every little step and what I did, like foot here, you know, grip here, head up, you know, chin you know all, all those all the small details yeah. and then you'll it's kind of cements at home and then the next time you're doing it or, you, or you're say i'm doing it somewhere and someone's like oh what'd you do there 
and you cut and you teach it back to them it's yeah. like you've, you're rereading everything you've written down yeah you know you don't miss those little tiny steps which could be the difference the between difference finishing makers, the takedown yeah. yeah and fucking it up and leaving your head out there to get choked or something like that you know yeah do you uh, for me i'm a, like a real visual learner like I, i'd need to see i don't even really need to be told like this here i just need to see, see it and yeah. see it and see it if i and that's where i think i'm lucky like i can watch dvds match footage shit like that and it and you know seminars and things like that and i can like retain what i see it's like i kind of can watch it back but i wonder like did you do martial arts as a kid nah nah i didn't do as a kid nah but i I feel like i'm the i'm the same as with that and when i was like a blue belt maybe so it's gone back some time now um we had a coach juliano from bahia in brazil yeah he didn't speak a lick of English. Yeah. And he would take all the jiu-jitsu classes. Yeah, so you just had to watch so him. So you had though. to watch him. Like, he couldn't yeah. speak English. So yeah. he would just show it and he would be like, uh, he would just like click his fingers here yeah. and yeah. here and, and he'd tap the mat or, or yeah. just move yeah. around and show you. So That's yeah. like an old school Brazilian thing. You'd be like, grab a grip. Like you see a lot of like those older dudes that yeah. would do that, eh? Well, yeah, and then he would just do that and you'd have to watch so intensely because you yeah. if you didn't actually pay attention and it was part of that is you it's so many of these little things in life or even martial arts and that you do and you don't you're subconsciously learning mm. on the fly because now when i'm getting taught something i'll be in a class full of people and it'll be like a lot of beginners in that and you'll see where the where the technique is being shown and you'll watch all the people that are experienced that want to learn it you watch them they all run around the mat yeah. And to the spot that yeah. they can see like say they're in half guard they want to yeah. see what the arms are doing they'll, they'll shoot yeah. and the people that will sit on the other side and you got their back to them you're like guys fucking get the fuck around here if you want to see it yeah, like, yeah. you know there's two of us in the middle if you want to learn it there's 30 of you here you can't we're not going to move around for each person you got to yeah. come and see it so when he was coaching that's what I found that just little things like that and you'd be like you have to really watch because it's not you could say to him hey Giuliano what'd you just do with your hand there yeah. fuck he didn't understand nothing you said nor could crazy, he even yeah. say so he would you just had he would just show it three or four times then you'd drill it he would come around and be like yeah. just point point <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just point yeah. and do shit like that but <clears throat> but yeah i didn't have a, um i didn't have a martial arts background when i was younger yeah. i actually played roll hockey and ice hockey as a kid and then yeah. did you grow up in lismore yeah bro i only left i left why the fuck would you start playing ice hockey bro in it was such a weird thing so my my dad played roll hockey as a kid in Lismore and my mum played field hockey. Yeah. And uh, so before I was born, she had made the Australian team in field hockey, like grass hockey. And then obviously fell pregnant with me and it all fell through. So I don't know whether it was like, there was something they wanted me to do was just to play hockey. And at that stage, like roll hockey was this big all of a sudden for some reason. I was playing rugby league and that and then rugby league and roll hockey and they're like you can't do both we're poor right so like fuck you can't do both you got all this gear for roll hockey you got all this travel for rugby league so you got to choose one and I used to I loved hockey I was like fuck I'd choose that which looking back now I was like like the opportunities to be successful in fucking a sport like hockey in this country is so small compared to rugby Rugby, league yeah. yeah so I was like fuck I want to do roll hockey and I started I did that for years and that ventured into coming up here a lot because because we're so close to the border as you'd represent the state we wouldn't represent new south wales we would represent queensland and play against new south wales because they're all the sydney teams yeah yeah so as i started coming up here and then i kind of ventured into ice hockey and i was doing trips back and forth from canada 
playing for Australia and I, I do obviously you'd meet people there and that and we got I got billed out with a, a family mm. and they were like Fuck, you, you know you could you know you could move here and, and play hockey full time and go to school and whatnot and it was all just like a you know, shit talk kind of thing I didn't think too much of it and then his stepmom contacted my mum and you know they got they kind of got that was like July of like 2003 because how old are you now? 33 yeah oh so we're pretty much the same age yeah, yeah yeah so that was July 2003 and by January 2004 I was on a plane going to move to Edmonton wow yeah to, to live there and go to school to year 11 and 12 in at Edmonton no shit yeah bro so it all happened real quick but it was fucked up left here in like it was early january so it's like, like lismore's hot, as, hot fuck. as fuck right so it's like high 30s mm. i flew into calgary <laughs> negative 30 remember i was minus 41 it was one of the coldest days of their winter and like a 10 degree wind chill it was cold it was so fucking cold because every other time i'd been there had been in the summer i'd always been there in the june july it was like over that end of june start of july period so that's their summer so it's like 20 degrees it's just you know it's still jacket weather for us i never experienced cold like that and i used to think that like yeah that's a different cold bro it fucking cuts right through you. any bit of skin that's open it just cuts right through you huh? so yeah and then i went and lived there for two years and then played ice hockey and that yeah so that's probably the only time i haven't lived in lismore which is fucking <laughs> shit but it is what it is so how did what, what how was that experience of like doing year 11 and 12 there and then playing ice hockey and like i don't know that that's a pretty unique thing and, and a very stark contrast from lismore yeah bro well that's a, a lot of people ask the same questions like how the fuck did you get into playing ice hockey living in lismore there's not even an ice hockey rink within you know two three hundred kilometers so we used to drive all the way to this is back before the highways were fast and shit too so my dad would drive me on like a thursday night he would we would leave i'd leave school early get picked up from school early we'll drive to the entertainment center in brisbane and back then it's what like, yeah bro back on a thursday night back then because that was where the ice hockey rink was there was one no on the gold coast there was one on the gold coast but i think they had some i'm not sure what the, yeah, at bundle there was one but i'm not sure what what happened to it so yeah i don't know why we didn't we didn't play there but all the teams that we, we could play for were at boondle that's right yeah boondle up near entertainment center yeah yeah so we'll drive up there and at that stage you're looking at like from lismore we're talking like go by yeah, that's move, like a move three, hour three, drive. Right, yeah. three hours so think like six hours to play and then the game goes for two <laughs> you know what i mean it's three 20 minute periods with stop time so the game goes to like two two and a half hours type thing um and then we'll come back and then think like daylight savings you know getting back to lismore sometimes it'd be like two two in the morning i'm up at for school the next morning because i was only 15 you know so it was, it was pretty full on so yeah and that, that's when opportunity come up to to go overseas so we just jumped on it we're like fuck you only you know you only live once so you must make the most of it and, and mum and dad plus with your parents like being super into it your mum playing for australia and stuff like that like they would have they would have like understood the value of like taking something like that on yeah like they and they, and they went like bent over backwards to mm. to get me over there and that like my dad reminds me of it all the time he loves to bring it up for a couple of beers he'll bring it up how much i owe him <laughs> yeah so <laughs> I, that's one of the things i was gonna say like we we grew up in cairns and we raced motocross and we all of the the um sunshine state series is what is like it still goes still goes now like roan was there just the other week yeah but um dad would leave work or like leave work early on a friday we'd have to have all the trailer packed and everything like that and then my dad would just fucking all nighter all the way down the highway from cairns we'd we'd rock up 
for practice in the morning, like unload the bike at Harvey Bay or Coolum or wherever it was. And dad would sleep for a couple of hours while we did our practices. And then first race, he'd like wake up and then he'd be prepping the gates and prepping the bikes. And then we'd do our races. He'd pack up the van and then fucking all nighter all, all back. And met like, it was it was crazy but those times like my dad was in here on the weekend did the podcast with us like my dad's one of my friends we're so close because and same with my mom like we just did so much together as kids and it was like such a gnarly sacrifice for my dad to make for us to you know race and then now like we still like we still race and go away with them and like there's a crazy bond that you can form you by like 100%. going through that like gnarly shit with your parents yeah 100 percent. well that's a because my mum's i'm the eldest of five kids so mum was always at home with the other four and well at the yeah it was three and then there's four and whatnot yeah um so she was at home anyways with the kids and me and dad used to travel so like i was like 10 when i started playing for queensland and we had like old like so we, didn't, we didn't have any money like we're not we're poor as fuck really like so it was like a sacrifice for mum and dad all the time like every you know like they would you know struggle for bread and milk just to make sure that i could go places you know and i remember uh we were going down to play for queensland in melbourne in in victoria and um i was real young i was only 10 and we're playing under 12s was the youngest age you could play and i was 10 so i was super young i didn't even think i'd get picked but we just tried it anyways anyways i got picked and everyone else from up here quite well off that were in it and they all fly down and shit it's like fuck we there's no way we can afford that and we had a ford spectrum van because we had a big family yeah so it's like old shit of van eh? so off we go like 17 or 18 hours drive down there yeah stay for a week like um and they're obviously like as like we're talking about the sacrifice and that like a lot of the other parents were quite well off so to you know the to front thousands of dollars for for their kids to go on the tournament you know plane ride down hotel shit like that and then they would stay in a different hotel because the team would have to stay in one mm. like, well it wasn't that hard but obviously for us fucking struggling yeah it was hard you know what i mean so it's like i would have to stay in this hotel which would be super fucking expensive and then my old man would have to like fold the seats down in the van and sleep in the van you know so massive sacrifice you know what i mean but yeah it does definitely build that bond like we still yeah. we're still good like you know good mates now we you know have beers together and, and have a laugh about it you know and put shit on me about owning millions of dollars and but he's super proud of me too like um he, he has never like i don't think he's he only missed one of my fights out of like what's that 18 or 19 fights and um it's only because he's in hospital he just had back surgery that yeah, day before right. so no way he could get and i was when i fought up but i think it was at um Carnes in the cage which is up north yeah um and that's the only reason why he missed it but he hasn't missed one like he's always front and center at, like on a table you know here i'm in there like on top like dropping elbows you can hear it fucking <laughs> fucking finish him he's yelling he's screaming his voice just stands out from everyone else's on so yeah, definitely as you said definitely build up like that all that time together traveling and like you know in a car for fucking oh, 18 yeah. hours together you know what i mean yeah. like or as much as much as like he was so much tough love as well but yeah love nonetheless you know what i mean like fuck you play like shit or something you'd be like hey, never fucking driving you anywhere again like yeah. you're gonna play like that i'm not fucking wasting my time and energy and blah blah, blah. I was like fuck yeah <laughs> make you have to work harder yeah i guess that you know looking back now it, it kind of um instills a strong worth at work ethic too for for training because like now like i never like i like as i said like i, well, I live in lismore I drive yeah. you know, sometimes for a long time when, when CMBT wasn't there 
you know, I would be going overseas and shit. Like, and then before that, I was going to Brisbane to Paul's gym at Southside, and then as well as going to Compton's, which is you know up near the Gabba. Yeah. So I was still doing these trips. I'd drive to Miami and hit pads with Richie Walsh. Then I'd have lunch. Then I'd drive to Brisbane, train with the guys, whether it would be at Southside to wrestle or something. And they wrestle from like seven to nine. So I think daylight savings, it's eight to 10. Yeah. Then I would have dinner on the run. And drive. wrestling is fucking hard, bro. <laughs> you know, it's like fucking hard. And then I'd drive back to, to Lismore. You know, there's another two hours, daylight savings. So you get back all hours in the morning. And then I own a gym. Mm. There, right? So I'm up at 5 or 4.45 essentially to get ready to start work at 5.30. So it's fucking hectic, you know what I mean? But it's the only way that you can, I can make it work. So you make sacrifices to do it. It could, could be worse. I could be fucking working a nine to five and not doing any of this. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So. What, what was it like, the Canada experience? Like, was it in a cool two years? Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, I, I lived um, just outside of Edmonton in a little town called Stony Plain. Yeah. And um, I was the only Australian in, in the whole school. And uh, obviously, like, well, school's over there. You're, you're killing it. No, well, school's over there. Uh, nine, was it 10? Yeah, 10, 11, 12. Yeah, it's just, yeah. it's just a school. And then I think it was like middle school. must yeah. be like seven, yeah. eight, nine or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was, it was just a weird experience because I already speak fast and I mumble like fucking crazy. So no one could ever understand me. Like, where the fuck is this guy from? You know, like... You could tell that I definitely wasn't from there. Yeah. But I was lucky because the it's only a small town. The guy that I moved in with had, you know, been there his whole life as well. So he knew everyone. So I kind of slotted straight in with him. And then, you know, he had a big group of friends and because I played hockey. So it's, it's and, and I it's a lot like what you see on the movies. As yeah. in, like, you, they do have their segmented groups. Like, yeah. you know, you've got, the I guess, the jocks, you know, which is like footy, like, you know. Uh, you the know, sports the, guys. the sports yeah. guys, and any type of sport, whether it's lacrosse, football, mm. you know, whatever Warp it is, hockey, hollow. yeah, whatever, just any type of sport. Yeah. yeah. Then you kind of got the the preps, you know, which is like they got there at the at the time. It's funny. I was actually talking to someone about this the other day. At the time, it was the tight, like the straight leg jeans, but flare out a little bit at the bottom oh. with like the black leather shoes. Like the hair would always be pushed right back and like slicked so you know it'd be stiff you wouldn't even be able to touch it yeah um it was like that that kind of group and then you would have like the skater kind of guys which is like van shoes and yeah, yeah. skinny jeans with rips in them and baggy shirts and shit like that and then um they're not the gothic you know yeah fucking you know obviously what gothic people look like and they really didn't nah there's no like they were not they wouldn't mingle to, nah. never never nah. like even parties you'd go to like a house party and obviously being that it's like minus fucking 30 there the house parties would be in like the basements of the houses and whatnot but even then they were, they were massive parties it's like you know there'd be hundreds of people there but still never ever mingle you know like and it was always as a <clears throat> like a massive rivalry between the, the the preppy kind of guys and and the the jocks i guess you would say they always scrap on at the house parties and and shit like that it was quite funny but it was, it was a cool experience like um it's probably good good experience too as in like even though it didn't it didn't uh like eventually it didn't eventuate into, a career, into yeah. a career like a, we we had hoped um but like i said like with work ethic and that like i was over there training lots you know mm. like it was, it was an awesome experience in that sense but i think looking back even without it all eventuating into a career to make money off and that i kind of left um lismore at not a bad time because at 
at that like 16 mm, kind of age small town shit small town so i come back and a lot of the people that i knew and that that had gone several ways you know what i mean and at that time that was like pills and mm. you know ecstasy and fucking you know speed and then it was ice and things like that so and small towns are always fucking renowned for that shit you yeah. know what i mean like whatever makes them i guess maybe like lower socioeconomic you know yeah. so they just fall into that more or something but i come back and it was a massive divide and i often look back and think fuck wonder what if i had stayed and mm. didn't go and do this wonder where i would have slotted into to all that you know what i mean so it's quite it's quite intriguing like to, to think yeah. back at that yeah that that small town thing man like it was fucking pretty gnarly like when i look back now if i look back at a or if i look at just a 14 year old kid like even ronan like ronan's young right and i look at him like we're we're in our early 30s yeah i look at someone his age and i'm just like fuck you're so young and it was like 14 all my friends were doing like fucking ecstasy and acid and like crazy fucking shit and at the time like we you know you grow up there it's just a small town everyone's doing i've I managed to stay completely out of all of it. Like there was so much hectic shit going on around me. Do you and think in my it was friends the, group? Do you think what kept you away from it was the fact that your your dad was you know taking you to the riding and shit? So on your weekends, your weekends were so so busy because that's I was I, just shit scared of my dad. Yeah, well I was fuck so was I, bro. He's fucking was that that time he's huge. My, my younger brothers have no fear of him. I look back and think fuck, I was petrified of him. You know what I mean? Like he's fucking big dude. But I think like um that was probably one of the things at that age at 14 because all my friends were still going to parties and drinking and stuff on the weekends but so when i was playing hockey that was the the weekends were made up of mm. of hockey right so yeah. there's no way like it, my dad sat me down and said to me you know because back in the day he was a weed smoker and, and he said to me because all my friends were smoking weed and like he and being a small town everyone knows everyone and he said um you know if you want to do it fuck do it do I, I you know, do it here with me but the second you do it the money the yeah, traveling yeah. all that stops yeah so for me i was like fuck that like it's not even worth doing it because i'm yeah. gonna miss out on all the other fun shit i do like my whole yeah. life made up of traveling yeah. and you know going i was going you know all every weekend up the coast and then i'd go away for tournaments at the time on like the at cool and gather there was a rink there we'll go for a week and then we'll go to yeah. melbourne and yeah. south australia and places like that where a lot of my friends were just stuck in lismore and, and you know their parents weren't doing the same thing yeah. for them so i never i never even really got into even the drinking side of it i was like fuck you know because i don't want to i didn't want him to catch me for one yeah stop doing all that shit and two just fucking beat the brakes off me either like i was like well fuck that well the one thing that was I think like there's probably a few reasons why I didn't really get into it. Like I I didn't I didn't do drugs until I went to America. Yeah. And I just felt like I was an adult at that point too, you know what I mean? Like I actually thought I never would in my whole life. I kinda I was had that attitude. Um just because I ended up seeing so much bad shit in, in town. There was like a few things like first of all, we used to get in a lot of fights. Like a lot of fights. It was fucking bad up there. And I was scared of being fucked up and not being in a fight because mm. I and I, I wasn't I was never the kid that wanted to start fights but I always was we were everyone was constantly in fights and I just never wanted to be like too drunk or too fucked up and then we get jumped and then I get fucked up bad mm. so that was like one reason and then the other reason was I was like the only one of my friends that wasn't getting like really fucked up 
and I just felt responsible. Yeah, yeah. Like I kind of needed to. Like I was sensible. Uh, their parents weren't like around a lot, and I knew that I could call my parents. And like I, I would drink, but my parents actually said to me that you can drink if you like we'll buy your drinks you can drink like whatever you want as long as we drive you to the party and then we pick you up yeah, yeah anything yeah. that happens there if you get in fights if you like i got picked up with fucking blood all over me like yeah. and they just didn't give a fuck like that was super cool about it yeah um so yeah there was like a bunch of different factors that that like led to me not doing it and then the motocross thing i like really wanted to be good at motocross but I definitely like there was a few years where like we just went out all the time as soon as you start really getting into girls and shit like that but but yeah I just managed to stay away from it yeah, and so like I just saw like fuck I think back now I'm like man it was that was like a hectic fucking time and, and a lot of those people like a lot of my friends went to jail like a lot of my friends got nothing going on yeah and I got, I'm, not, I'm completely out of contact with them now you know like I'm not even but yeah that that whole small town thing man it's fucking it's real it's definitely a small town thing, hey. Mm. But uh, I, I actually like going off how you're saying then how you went through a stage and that. Well, so I, I went through one as well, right? So it's probably I don't know if you want to fucking hear it's more of my life stuff, but whatever. No, yeah, yeah. But um, which it, actually it's kind of more like a segue into why I even fight, why yeah. I got into fighting, because when I got back from Canada, I um I actually just randomly we went to the uni bar in Lismore mm. and I actually like just hooked up with my ex from when we were kids from before I went to Canada and then because uh, I actually was going back so I had teams to try out for and whatnot back there in junior which was eight, which is under 18 so I, so it's 18 to 21 and I had teams to go back and try for but mum and dad said look we've fucking spent some money we've like re more like we've refinanced on our home loan and shit to keep it there like the school fees were super expensive it was like I think it was like four thousand something dollars a semester, mm. so it's not like it was for the year. I think it was about twelve. I think it was over twelve grand or something that worked out to be because I think I was there for just under two years, so three and a bit semesters. So a, a shit ton of a shit ton of money. Anyway, so they said, look, that's we just can't afford to keep doing it. You're eighteen now. Fuck, you're gonna have to get a job and you have to do it yourself. So like, fuck, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a job, blah blah. blah. Some friends of mine come back from Canada with me and they stayed with me for like two months and we partied and did all that bullshit and then Yeah, and then that's and then she felt pregnant. And then obviously like my son who I have now is fourteen, that was kind of put the brakes on the whole thing. It's like, fuck, I can't leave now, I've got to get a real job. Mm. So I've got to I've got to be a dad. Like I was only eighteen, it was the biggest shock of my life. I was like, that would have been well, I remember sitting on I remember I hope my son doesn't. I hope my son. My son's fourteen. He listens to all this shit. So I hope he doesn't listen to this one. <laughs> I remember uh, sitting on the back step of my parents' house, like in tears. My, my life's fucking ruined, and my dad just like sitting next to me, like patting me on the back, saying, "Fuck, you know." Wow. It is what it is. What it is. But I was dev. I was like, "Fuck, my life is ruined. What happens now? Like, I can't go back to Canada. Like, what? What the fuck am I gonna do? Like at eighteen, I was like, you know, I'm. I still even know. What, I still don't know how to look after myself yet. Yeah. So it was kind of a big reality check to be like, all right, you fucking have to get your life sorted now because you got some, you got to look up someone else too. So I had to go get a job and shit like that. And actually, that's going back to the the drugs part. That's kind of when I went off the rails a bit as well because I did the whole the whole uh, kind of the parent thing and it was chaotic, right? Because they're both eighteen, like. So were you and your like your ex or like misses at the time? 
Did you just like live together and try to well like, no nah, we weren't because we, we weren't even living together yeah like right. it was just a, it was not even going to be anything um and then yeah just i could just have you know just happen whatever and then um yeah so i was like fuck what are we gonna do kind of thing and then we we kind of after that that's what we both agree we're like well we're gonna have to try and make something of it because we're gonna have a kid right yeah so then you had to kind of got to step up and that was kind of when I, I did that and i went out and got like a plumbing apprenticeship and you know, I was, I was working as a as an apprentice plumber, and I look back now uh, at that because I talk to other people that have got their apprenticeships, or whatever else, and they're getting like six, seven hundred bucks a week. I'm like, what? As an apprentice? But I remember I was getting uh, we were I was getting three hundred and twenty three dollars a week, and by the time I gave money for food, like baby stuff, I'd give it all to my the kids' mum. At three hundred dollars, I'd give her. I'd have twenty three dollars left to spend for myself, bro. Every Whoa. week, that was it. After fuel, because I, I worked about half an hour away from where we live, so I had to obviously fuel and ship. And that was like to, for the apprenticeship. So I was fucked. I was like so broke, and you never get to do anything, and you're at home. And I think it was like I don't know if it, I don't know if you call it like postnatal depression. I don't know, like yeah, I know yeah. that I've heard that like men get it and that and things like that. Yeah, like, I bet that's fucking you know. Real. So because your your life is just gets turned upside down essentially, and at a young age, man, too, mm. like you're still well, like, my friends are still fucking partying and and being kids, yeah, and and then all of a sudden you're like fucking, you got to live on twenty three dollars a week and you're at home, you got a baby and things like that. So, and then I, I think when it all kind of started to break down, I think that was when I was like, fuck, I, I started to do a lot of dumb things and and try and make almost make up for lost time mm. that's what I, then i'll be like you know leave thursday night with my mate so this is when i'm when i was had a, like had my son blake still and he'd be like thursday friday saturday on pingers and not sleeping and and shit like that so i went through a, a stage like that where it was just it was just fucking pure chaos mm. and like you literally it's like i explained to people before like it's like in one of those doors at a hotel, you know, then ones yeah. that just go around in circles. Yeah. You just fucking never get off. Yeah. It's like you go to work, you make enough money to be yeah. able to fucking just spend it all. You don't save nothing. You're never getting ahead in anything. And I was like, oh, I can't keep doing that. And I was always into, when I was living in Canada, that was when I had the, the very first Ultimate Fighter, which was the yeah. 2005. Yeah. So that was that Forrest Griffin, Stefan Bonner, when it all just blew up. Yeah. And we loved it. We used to watch it all and shit. And this is many years later or whatever. I um, I, co- I contacted one of my friends who'd done Muay Thai. And he was like, just come down and give it a go, blah, blah, blah. So I started that. And then and he, they were doing a little bit of jiu-jitsu as well. So I started doing that. What year was this, you reckon? This was 2000 and... I could have to be... I think 2011 or... Tw- 2011 or 2012 it must have been. So Because I went... I basically... I'd pretty much finished my apprenticeship when I st- like yeah I had I'm pretty sure I had finished my apprenticeship entirely when I started fighting, like when I had so I was still working as a plumber when I was training yeah but when I had my first fight I think I'd I think that that was when my the guy I was working for went just shut went bankrupt shut the business down and then I started doing other stuff and um yeah so or and then I then when I had that <clears throat> the first fight like I started doing jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai and then they were like oh do you want to have an MMA fight and I was like oh sweet yeah I'll, I'll give it a go and had that one and then one that kind of got the got the ball rolling with that and then you know other other parts fell into place like I started working for a, a supplement company called Protein Supplies Australia they opened up a little shop in Lismore and at the time so I, I just went and did that because I was training lots and it allowed me to train in the morning train at night and whilst I 
was working in there I did my PT course oh, just sick. online so yeah. you know I just started doing other things and, and obviously that led to you know becoming a PT and then I opened up the gym same as with the with the gym I opened it come about through fighting as well and the so we had like a, a silent partner who fronted the money for the gym which kind of and I met him through fighting he used to sponsor yeah, me yeah. he used to sponsor me he owns a car yard and he would sponsor me money to go to thailand to train for do my fight camps. where'd you do did you go to um tiger tiger yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so because that was like the we were, so sick there right? yeah so we, we did i did go to phuket top team the first time but I, it was like there was no one there and i was like what the fuck are we doing like, we paid for this whole month up front we did the real dumb we did the, the amateur way like where you go where you pay for your hotel where you're still in australia yeah you pay you for do, your training you do everything yeah and then we get there and nothing is what it seems yeah so obviously now I, and I tell everyone it's like fuck just book a hotel for one night yeah, on the street and then just go walk down the street you'll get a way better deal yeah. f- look for the gyms that you like you know but when I went when I first went there it was like it was literally Tiger and Phuket top team and Dragon that's it the street yeah. was basically empty this going yeah. back years and you just be like 2013 or something like that yeah. so it's a long time ago now but yeah so, so uh, Josh he was our silent partner he, he kind of funded up a big chunk of money in that for the gym to to get going so all these things kind of fell into place with with like through fighting you know and that and that kind of that that got me out of once i had that fight that definitely got me out of any of that scene yeah the drinking and the the pingers and the party and all that shit because then my whole focus yeah because i have a really addictive personality which is probably why i got into that big I'm rut the exact same. You know? but i'm the same but it's it can have you know it has its downfalls and yeah. it obviously has its benefits yeah. and yeah. and like its benefits obviously like now with fighting yeah it's i don't do it, it eh? yeah i don't do everything i do i do it you know it's 100 percent. i'm I'm all in yeah. or i'm all out that's yeah. that's it for me yeah, 100 yeah so so with uh that kind of once i started the fighting and i won my first fight it was like no feeling like you've ever felt before and then i fought again i lost my second fight and i was like fuck i can't go like like you can't lose like that's not how that's not how it goes <laughs> yeah, yeah. and um I, I actually fought a guy um his name's aaron diet from coffs harbor and it was at 84 kilos like i fight at 70 now so worse is fucking way heavier uh same i'm the same i was the same weight pretty much and then um that was before we in we didn't know because the my coach was a muay thai coach yeah so they didn't really cut weight or anything it was like two kilos and and the way you'd lose it is like run the day of the weigh-ins kind of thing yeah i didn't know anything about like water loading and saunas and doing all that shit so anyways we go to the weigh-ins at uh this was for fight world cup as we go to the weigh-ins and there's this guy he's like drawn out and all veiny and shit and he's fucking huge man i was like holy fuck is that the guy i'm fighting we i was like fuck oh oh, well that's it is what it is Anyway, so the next day, we weighed in 84 kilos. And the next day, I was like, 85, 86. Bro, he was 96 kilos. It was the biggest mismatch ever. Fuck. Um, so he just pretty much took me down and laid him. I couldn't even fucking move him. Yeah. You know, like, no. there's no, I could not That's get out. Yeah, I could yeah. not get out from under him to save myself. So that was like a real eye-opener. And another thing which made me commit to fighting more, because then I was like, wait a minute, for me to be somewhat successful, I'm gonna have to cut weight and I'm gonna have to put more effort into nutrition and, yeah, and more. Yeah. So that and then I went down to 77 and started fighting down there. Is that where you fight at now? No, I fight at 70 now. At lightweight. Oh, really? So, yeah, yeah. So I'm way lighter what now. What do you so, walk around at? 
uh, about mm, 84, 84. Wow, yeah. and you can get down like that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I did it myself for a long time. And then when I met Geordie. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, he's a Geordie dietitian. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a fucking G. Yeah, he's a, he's a genius. Man. He's like a fucking Harry Potter of nutrition. I need to get him on here at one at Yeah, one bro. Point. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a genius. And it's so good because he's just one of the boys. Yeah. So when he... When he trains. Trains, he understands yeah. like combat sports. Yeah. But also too, he, he's like a he's a genius so he has you know all the the medical and terminology and that but then he would talk to someone like myself or basically mm. any other fucking one of us fighters and he would just he just can dumb it down to something so simple that we can understand and follow yeah which makes it so much easier yeah because you can you know he'll he'll just you really it's easy bring to it put down. your faith into something that you can understand yeah yeah, yeah. other so, than you just like uh hoping you're like, oh, I kind of, I know what you're talking about. I guess I'll just listen to what you say. You know what I mean? Like, whereas if you really understand it, you're like, oh, fuck, I get this. Yeah, and it's fuck, it's just insane. Like, um, so at at the moment, for example, I've been with him for years now. I was one of the first ones. Me and Diego Perrier were one of the first, like, two of the first guys with him. And I remember when I first started with him, I was like, holy fuck, these like, I'm eating so much. Like, along comes, like, so I'm two weeks out now back when i was doing it i was already starving myself i was yeah, already having yeah, like yeah. you know eggs for breakfast only uh like eggs and avocado and then for lunch you're having like dry ass chicken with broccoli like no carbs or anything and then you go to you're still training twice a day yeah you feel like absolute shit and then like you know <laughs> dude it push sucks. yeah but push but it, it doesn't though that's the thing no like when well yeah when you're doing it that way yeah like fuck the, it was the, the worst shit way man it fucking sucks but then you work with someone like geordie yeah and like push the clock forward to now years later like my meals now it's insane the, the amount of food i'm still eating like i'm 79 kilos at the moment like you obviously have to say I, I walk can't around. believe that yeah like you I walk around about 84 outside of 84 85 outside of camp and I, then I'll get down once I get rid of the few fucking relaxed meals each week that you have and get off you know have no drinks or anything like that and you, you know, pretty much drop down to like that 82 kind of 83 and um, but yeah working with him he, he just and everything you have is it's not like it's not like bodybuilder food as it's not like chicken broccoli yeah, shit like yeah. that like the old school way of doing it yeah like we're still having like i think it's like uh, you still have like 150 or 160 grams of carbs and shit like sweet potato white potato brown rice all mixed in with your food and shit like every night i'm still having like ice cream as a snack and the you know so because because obviously he's looking at it from a scientific point of view yeah so he's like all right this is the the calories you get and it's all you know it's all fucking so much sugar and shit like before i train because you need that you need the carbs to train like train yeah so back when i was doing it i was always this like protein and vegetables and no carbs that's it so you think well if i eat that and i'm in a massive calorie deficit and then i train i'm going to be in a massive calorie deficit Mm -hmm. you know then i'm going to make weight but then it doesn't work no energy no energy you haven't been sleeping well your training goes to shit it's like you know and at the moment now it's fucking i'm still eating like i was at the start of the fight camp yeah essentially like i haven't even noticed because obviously i have tiktok nutrition meals yeah so it's all pre pre pre-packaged for me and geordie works with matt from tiktok and he just sends sends him what my meals are for the week that i need and they're all labeled like monday lunch 
Monday dinner. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then Geordie knows what my sessions are each week, so it's all planned out properly and whatnot. And um, yeah, so you, you get these massive portions of meals, and then you don't even notice that the small you don't take an, he's only taking no, small he's amounts taking little bits off it every you don't week. even notice it and then you, you gradually just drop it and like you've got you know it's, it's done so professionally like he's got a google drive and and you can see it's a whole eight week plan laid out for you so this is what so you weigh sick. now and then next week then the week after the week after and you'll see that this is where you're tracking and then and as long as you track as long as you follow everything he says man i fucking don't know i don't know if he's had anyone miss weight yet ever like he's a genius so as long as you track that and and the biggest thing that i've noticed out of it all is that you're losing weight so like i said now i'm 79 so i'm well on track to make weight easy um but i'm doing all my strength stuff which is through fighting fit dean at fighting fit and we use like the gym aware stuff that velocity based training yeah um i'm using that so none of my numbers have gone down at all yeah so my strength is still there we still obviously do a lot of heart rate stuff so my fitness is the best it's ever been and my weight's right down so that's all the you know that's having just ticking boxes ticking boxes right and then and then that leads to confidence confidence translates to performance you're sleeping you're sleeping better because you're not starving yourself you're focusing on game planning and training not every time you i used to go to the gym and it was always about the last four weeks was essentially like always about losing weight yeah where now it's, it's not even a thought in it's the back a, of your mind you just like yeah you just concentrate on training and as long as you eat everything he says and do everything he says you know you're going to make weight yeah so it, it baffles me why you know if you want to be successful in the sport why people are still putting their faith into the people that just aren't qualified to yeah. to do it like they i see some people are using like bodybuilding coaches and shit like that which they, they just don't understand those the energy don't system have to feel good they just have to look good that's right so there's no like they don't understand the the concept of like the energy systems that are being used yeah. when you're training like when you have a two-hour wrestling session you have to do, you have to load up because you're gonna get dehydrated. You, you know you you're gonna burn through glycogen like there's no tomorrow. So yeah. you need to load up on sugar. Yeah. So before a session like that, you're looking at like so for example, before a session like that, you're having like four rice cakes with peanut butter, banana, and a shit ton of honey on it. It's yeah. fucking just all carbs. Yeah. You know, but then if you were to of someone if you're getting information off someone who's only ever worked with physique models and that they're gonna make you chicken and spinach yeah you're gonna be like oh fuck you need to you need to shred and need to lose weight you're gonna get some shit advice and then you're gonna feel like shit and that's when you're gonna get injuries mm. and and shit like that so it baffles me why people don't just dig into their pocket a little more because in the long run it's gonna be it's so much in yes, yourself, investment. Yeah. it's gonna be so much more beneficial to you in the long run then going on oh, no, i'm gonna skimp out and go with someone way less qualified to even give out the fucking information yeah and it's dangerous too like if you're fucking if you're like having a difficult weight cut and it comes down to crunch time like jorge masvidal when he had that super gnarly cut like i mean there's a million dudes that yeah have had these insane cuts where they're like hallucinating and like super fucked up well fuck you're, you're killing you you're basically killing yourself trying to make the weight like yeah you know without having and and without knowing and and as he still he still says there's no real with weight cutting because of how extreme it is it's not like you're going to be able to get people to be like oh i'm just going to put myself up for a study case 
Fuck, yeah. who's going to want like, I'm going to cut next week, I'm going to cut like just under 10 kilos. Who the fuck is going to do that? And it's not going to be the same anyways because the whole time that throughout the camp, you're prepping yourself essentially like the food that he's giving you is is helping you at the end to get to that like yeah you know what i mean like it's not like you're just coming off the couch and then trying to strip 10 kilos because that'll never work yeah it's like you've been prepping your body yeah there's there's heaps more goes into it but yeah like there's a guy on the in the ufc that missed weight by some like fuck it was almost like up the next weight class only like two weeks ago yeah yeah he's like supposed to fight at at featherweight which is what's that 145 yeah i think he weighed in like over the, I think it was like 157 so he's over the lightweight limit fuck you know so I was like okay, how do you get to that point and not get invest and not well, invest like in the, someone like Geordie the dude that Josh Coon fought on the last the last time that Josh fought yeah he missed weight by like 6 kilos yeah massive amount eh crazy eh yeah I, I fought uh, a guy named Rob Hill who did the same thing I think it was 2.5 kilos over and he was like oh I'm not gonna go try and make it if you don't take the fight I just won't fight I was like, the fuck so yeah i didn't know the the i didn't know the story i was like kind of critical of the dude that josh fought but i didn't really know the story behind why yeah and so i was like oh, i probably just shouldn't speak shit on it if i don't understand like maybe something happened but to me from the outside looking in it's like well, this is a professional fucking fight and it's, it's six kilos like but i mean he got fucking murked yeah, yeah instantly it so six, it's six like six kilos didn't help him but he maybe he took that fight knowing he was gonna get murked like so that. he didn't want to you know what i mean so he didn't want to put time so and like, effort into yeah, the like, cut. yeah why kill yourself i could see that happening because like dude he fucked him up like big time that was fast huh were you there yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah i was there i sat at the with the cmbt table oh yeah. i was opposite i was the opposite table because that was when that. uh because volk was up he did the and seminar colby um and four yeah that's yeah, right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, fucking uh, the the weight cutting, like the water loading thing, is is um, something like I, I would like to try and do a cut to do because I I walk around at like seventy four seventy five. Like if I'm training every day doing jujitsu, I never really will go over seventy five. And that's like I eat a block of chocolate a night. Like I eat whatever the fuck I want, yeah. and that's pretty much where I cap out. And then I fight at seventy two so like and that's like nationals and all the shit yeah. i've never really done any kind of i think the first jiu-jitsu comp i did i'd done jiu-jitsu for two months and then there was a comp in the sunny coast and the, the coach is like you should just go and do it and i was like oh what do you got to weigh and i did gi and no gi and the gi was fine but in no gi i had to be like 73.5 and when i started jiu-jitsu i was like 79 kilos so I'd been doing it for like two months and then in a week and a half I decided to do this comp and I just like I had no idea dude like I didn't YouTube nothing I didn't look nothing <laughs> up and I just ate chicken and spinach you for the entire I felt fucking disgusting <laughs> and I like killed myself I was in I actually was in fucking Corey Parker's sauna <laughs> like just every day like I had no fucking idea what I was dehydrating doing dehydrating yourself for no reason oh I felt like I think, absolute shit but jujitsu is uh, obviously different because you've got fighting because you literally yeah. like oh, I've been in jits comps before and you literally step on the scale yeah. and then step into the to yeah. waiting where you're going to go on the mat where obviously for us we're looking at you can get down pretty far because then you can gonna, get a night to replenish. Yeah, you're going to come back up. Like normally, nor, normally like I'll go weighing at like 70.3 mm. kilos. And then usually, so the last, my last fight, I think, because you do like a, like a weigh in early in the morning 
and then you they get you rehydrate and come back and they do the photos and shit so you don't look like death yeah and then they get you to stand on the scales again i think it was about maybe like five or five hours later or something and i was uh 70.3 when i weighed in and i was 79.6 by the time i'd come back and did the the yeah the ceremony like the one for take the photos and shit it's a massive difference that is fucking yeah and that's the same day then you've still got the next day so i think i actually fought at i think i got but usually about it's about 12 kilos of usually goes back on but i think this time because i'm a bit lighter do you reckon that they should change it like is it kind of a fucking stupid system mm. if it's just like doing this big yo-yo thing like is there a way that I they could balance it out I get, one championship has tried yeah but i know that i'm obviously not gonna say any names or anything but i know that they how they get around that one like yeah. they, they do like the urine testing yeah which is all well and good but still people are gonna if there is a shortcut or there's a way to, to, get, to get an advantage yeah. you're gonna do it like um i know in one the trick for them is to you drink water so you still do a weight cut right so because they they test your piss and so you do a hydration test on your urine anyways you just do the drink the water but then you just don't you just have to fucking hold your piss in yeah and then you do the sauna and you do the bath and you do the running in the sauna suit and you're still stripping kilos off of fluid yeah whilst not going to the toilet so that way then when you piss there's water in there's water in there so even it's not you're gonna, completely dehydrated. yeah you're not going to be as dehydrated yeah. so there's ways around it yeah so i i hear people talking like on, on joe rogan's podcast they always re, they always go back to talking about how much better that that is but it's still they're still doing dangerous shit to make the weight they're still cutting yeah. corners and, and and doing shit like that so i don't think they'll ever take it out i think like the, whatever rules they put in there's always there's gonna, be a, gonna way. be a way yeah. to fuck with it i think that the the one way that they could probably make it a bit better so it's not such big weight cuts is either add more weight classes or they make it so that there's uh like you're weighing at 70.3 or whatever so lightweight and then the limit is like 77 mm. but then there's the other you know the other side of the coin on that is you have someone like myself who walks around way heavier yeah and then you cut down to 70 but you know you can only get the 77 to yeah. fight then you don't rehydrate back to what you should be yeah because you already can't get back to 100 percent anyways yeah in that amount of time it takes several days to get back so you're always going to be any after any weight cut you're going to be you're going you're going to be affected by the time you fight anyways yeah it's just a matter of how how much effect it will have and yeah. how, how much more rehydration you can get in so then you'll essentially be fighting dehydrated and there's i think there's you know i've seen geordie post stuff about that like the effects it has yeah on being knocked out and yeah things concussions like that. and shit just not having the fluid in your body and that you know the, the, well because the, there's fluid around your brain that's right like, yeah. that's like one of the biggest well that that is the only protection for your brain is like the fluid yeah. layer that's around it yeah so but and going back to like having you know someone qualified to do something like that like with geordie like doing the weight cuts with him like i used to do it myself and I would run this fucking Epsom salts bath and to it, it was like, fuck, you could barely put your toes in it. Yeah. You sit in there and almost get third degree burns trying to sweat. And then when I started working with Geordie, it was like, <coughs> I'm not gonna give away all his secrets obviously, but yeah. the bath is, a, is only a certain temperature and you only stay in there for X amount of time. X amount of time yeah. till your body stops, you know, until your, your body reacts a different way. Then you're out of there then you're rugged up in a sauna suit chilling for 40 minutes yeah 
it's not it it's what the way i used to do it to get there was fucking insane to get there and it's crazy too when like the the fear that you've got of missing weight like yeah. i like i've never missed weight in all the comps that i've done yeah vi- i'm so fucking scared like yeah. i'm so all that like and i'll stay in the sauna until like breaking I, nowadays i just don't like i just cut weight with my diet and yeah. i stay at 75 and then i get down to my 72 and then I just do it with diet and being strict for two weeks and I'm good. But yeah, like when I was doing it like that, man, I was just so fucking afraid to miss weight. So I just literally kill myself. And I've, I had times where like I'd stepped on the scales and been like two and a half kilos under. Yeah. And right. then even the fact that like you're just using shitty fucking Kmart scales and then you go to the comp and you're like, yeah, two or three kilos under. And then you're like, fuck, it was just my scales. Dude. Yeah. Like I was, I've been on weight for ages. No, I went, went, as I said, doing all myself. I'd have three scales, three different ones, yeah. side by side, and I'd step on them, and I'd just take the yeah. average of them. Yeah. And be like, oh, fuck, that's where we're at now. But yeah, I'd fucking like kill myself. I'm like, getting out of the bath, and you got two people helping you out of the bath, and they're putting your sauna suit on. You, you know, it's, it's crazy. What? And the same thing, you you put so much stress and time, like time into stressing about making weight. It would take up more time than the training. Be fucking, yeah. As I said, every training session, you're like, fuck, you know, I've got to lose weight. I've got to, got to make this weight. Where, obviously, working with Geordie, it's it's just not even a thought in the back of your mind. You know that everything he's doing on his end is designed to, yeah. for you to make weight. So don't even think about it. So I used to have that same fear of like, fuck, am I going to make it? Like, You know, the funny story about that, uh, I don't know which fight it was. It was a few fights ago, but I was, I was working with Geordie, but we're doing water, we're water loading or whatever. And um, so you have like 10 liters of water. A day, right? A day. And I would struggle. Oh, bro, it's fucking known. Because I train up the coast too. It's like fucking, I had one of the big bottles in the car and I'd like pull over and piss in the bottle. For, oh. I can then keep driving. Cause you, and it's not like when you're water loading, when you feel like you have to piss, it's not like you have that. Um, yeah, I could probably make it five more minutes. It's like, it's you like, gotta, it's like coming fucking, out. It's coming. Like it's already starting to come out now. I've got to fucking pull over and do it now. Um, but yeah, so we, I was doing the 10 liters and I think it was like a, was it like on the Sunday or something like that? Like a, when you start the water loading on the Monday night. So we're talking, I weigh in on Friday at 70.3 on the Monday night. I was 85.3. I was like, fuck. I was on the phone. I was panicking big time. And he's like, just chill, just fucking chill, blah, blah, blah. I was like, fuck it. So I'm having hot baths and shit like sauna and there's full panic within two days once the whole water loading effect and or what all kicks in you drop, i was back down to like 77 yeah in two days once you get rid of all the fluid and that but just the, at the first i was like fuck what am i gonna do like and because you know how hard the weight cut is you know what the feeling of being in that hot bath yeah or the feeling of being in the sauna you know what it feels like and then when you it just gives you anxiety yeah because you're like fuck if i know what it feels like to do six kilos yeah if i can't get fucking below this like 15 yeah i was fucking panicking but it was just all fluid but yeah it just so uh, you know just fucking gave me and anxiety so the, the concept there for people that don't know so water loading you essentially drink like 10 liters a day for like what a couple of weeks or a week nah just for the, it's so it depends we've done ones before we've done like trial and error ones and that like we've done 10 day water loads um which is like fuck it's a long time that's like that would be essentially that would be me starting my water load tomorrow of water well nah because it goes you do a it's like 10 10 10 10 then like 8 uh, okay so you six, are dropping it back a little bit yeah because 
So it's my understanding, my uneducated, just from when I did it myself, like did research myself, the idea behind it, I believe, is that you're just overstimulating your diuretic hormone. So you're drinking lots of water and you're basically telling your body to go to the tort lots, piss lots. And then when you start to take away the water, because your body, you know, our bodies are fucking crazy. Like they've already adapted to that amount of water going in. So you're still going taking you're taking heaps of pisses but you're not putting as much water in so by the time you get to the the 23 hours before you weigh in where you cut out all all um all fluid your body still essentially thinks that you're having it yeah so you'll still be going and, and taking pisses even though you haven't had any water you'll sit in the bath and you'll start pissing you're like fuck i haven't had water in like 20 hours <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, how is there still some coming out? Like, and and does the is it all piss that gets rid of the water, or is it like it, it triggers when you get in the bath? It just dumps sweat. out. And you start sweating like yeah. crazy and so on. You'll just completely just start. Yeah. So that so that's, your body's trying to do anything it can to get rid of the water. That side of it is where the diet's really really big because obviously if you have because then you kind of have salt and salt, shit like that, carbohydrates. Yeah. Yeah. Anything yeah. anything that retains fluid, you yeah. can't you can't have any of that stuff. So that you want to try and have. The, a limited amount of that yeah. stuff leading in as well and then you'll cut that out as well because you want your body to be able to not hold any of that in especially when you're you know doing the getting to the bigger end of weight cuts you know what i mean yeah. like when you're doing obviously like nine ten kilos you you can't afford to have anything anything fucking go wrong because yeah. that that could be the difference between obviously making weight not making weight but also to just like fucking the struggle yeah like yeah. You're, you're like i've had i was up in Mackay, and i don't know what the fuck happened but I left here at, it was like 78 kilos or something. And I thought, oh, sweet. I'll float. That was on the Wednesday. I'll float some weight overnight. Did not float a fucking gram of weight. So I was like, oh, shit. So we're talking like eight kilos in the space of a day. And that was the biggest one I've ever done. And that was fucking torture. And like, I remember I just wouldn't sweat. So we're in the hot bath would not sweat was this with Geordie or without Geordie it's without Geordie yeah yeah would not sweat so I remember I got my friend uh, Brad from he's from here he'd come up to Mackay with me we got him and my other, and one of my sponsors um, Dees and, and they're up there and we're in the room we've got the heaters cranking sauna suit on on the pads like fucking dying I remember um, actually uh, after that one I weighed in I've never felt so sick in my life end up in hospital at Mackay the so that was a Friday. And I ended up in hospital on an oh, IV because really? I, I was like, pa- like I was passing out in the waiting room, and they rushed me through and put two bags through me. Then you know what I mean, just shit, dumb shit like that. And then you got to go, literally twenty three hours later, you got to go in and fight. fight. Like, fight. you know, as I said, not investing in some at that time, Geordie didn't exist to, to any of us. Like we, yeah, you know, this is going back a few years. So I never knew that someone like that existed. It was that no one really specialized in weight cutting it was always just like nutritionists and dietitians and shit like that but no one specialized in weight cutting for combat sport so it was all just trial and error for what you did and like obviously i fucked up something there <laughs> whether i maybe yeah. like ate some food too close to yeah and then so then my body was holding on to the fluid or something but like i made the weight i mean i made the fucking weight i struggled but i made the weight um and then yeah just afterwards i just fucking crashed big time like by the time we got to the hospital i was like in zombie i don't know where the fuck i was i was like my mate james was um james Klinger, who used to fight as well remember he sat with me at the hospital and he he told me he's like i was just like head was rolling like where the fuck am i and then then getting punched in the head 24 hours later yeah then you go on yeah then you go and have a then i went and had a three-round war with uh kieran joplin the next day like yeah 
just uh, yeah, just dumb shit like that. So as I said, go if why people don't just put their hand in their pocket and invest in something someone like Geordie and that it's, it's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially now there is someone like him and his whole team, like the fight dietitian team they've got going on. You know, you just suck it up and and go work with them. Yeah, so much better. So when you that that fight that you were talking about when that dude was so much bigger than you that was your third fight so what i second that was second. my second yeah oh and then that's so that's the one that you lost yeah and then where did you go from there then i went down to fight at 77 yeah and then i just kept obviously kept fighting from there but um that was just more of an eye-opener going like shit there's there's levels there's mm. levels to it and you gotta you know you gotta be up to speed with everyone else's otherwise you're not gonna be able to be able to kick it with them kind of thing so then i started to that's when i started doing my own research on cutting weight and how to do it and then i went to 77 uh had a few then that's when i had my started my pro fights and then had a few there and I, I remember thinking i actually trained i think it was i trained with ben alloway and he fights at 77 i was like fuck man i'm not fuck, i can't fight at 77 this is the size of the guys that fight at 77 yeah. like so what's 77 welterweight welterweight yeah, yeah. i was like fuck you know like that's a massive jump for me so i'm essentially what i've worked out over the years of, of fighting is that i'm like an in-between size mm. so i'm too small for welterweight 77 but i'm on the edge of being almost too big for lightweight so i gotta i gotta really work to get like i've got to diet hard to get to to 70 um if there was like a 73.5 like the 165 165 yeah, yeah. you know something like that would be fucking money because that'd be an that'd be a walk in the park to get to that weight. I could stay my normal walk around weight without, you know, really having to diet hard for the last part. But, but like I said, working with Geordie though, it doesn't. Even, it honestly doesn't even feel like you're, I'm dieting that hard. It, all it means is you don't get to do the, you know, like you're not being able to have a fucking night of pizza and yeah, yeah. You know, like I still get that once a week, but you can't have like Tuesday night, for example. You can't have like cheap Tuesday pizzas, and then on Saturday night you can't go out with your friends or your partner and, and have like pub food or like yeah. a restaurant food because you're going to be doubling up on it so you got you got to make little sacrifices there but as for the In actual the picture, meals though. yeah as for the actual meals and shit like the the quantity and quality of it doesn't actually it doesn't even feel like a weight cut anymore mm. as opposed to when i was doing it myself and i was living on fucking dry chicken it was so dry i had to drink water to try and wash it down <laughs> shit, like, i was fucked <laughs> so how quick into having fights did you go like fuck yeah i want to be pro at this shit i think it was like because was it about that at the start what was it about for you at the start uh well as i said it was for me it was just doing something other than drinking piss and going out every weekend i was mm. like fuck it was just something to because obviously i'd played sport my whole life i went through this stage of no mm, sport yeah and then I, I just went and played soccer for a few years and that that like i loved it that team environment and shit like that because it reminded me of hockey yeah but the the other part of that was heaps of drinking you know after the games everyone's yeah, drinking in yeah. the clubhouse and then yeah. you know then there's alcohol then it's drugs then it's nightclubs and it's no sleep and just it all was just, and it just yeah. it was fucking chaotic yeah so that kind of it pulled me as i said it pulled me away from that and then it was like it was never even my intention to to do it professionally or anything it was just that it was something to do mm. and then it wasn't and then as i said i had the fight and i won and had the other fight and i lost and, and then, then it just it, become like a bit of a process you were like yeah, oh, i, I just gotta figure this shit out yeah and then it, i just come in i said because i've 
got quite a you know addictive personality yeah. i was like fuck i can't i've got it on more or nothing so i was like fuck i've got to do it properly and that was yeah. when i had 77 i think it was i didn't have too many i, I might have only had like the first two maybe as amateur ones or because i put and it was quite like it was more ego driven than anything i actually tell the younger fellas now have like 10 amateur fights yeah you just like, want to be pro to be pro yeah at the time it was real ego thing like you know you're watching the ufc on the tv at the time and they're all like five minute rounds and elbows and like fuck i want to do that like so it's more of an ego thing that got me to there and looking back i wish that i had of had mm. got all my shitty fights out as an amateur enjoyed being a white belt yeah and then and then you start your your pro career like oh no so and you got all your shit fights out of your system and the, all the learning curves yeah. and, and you get the time in the ring cage which is i think is super important right because you that whole the fighting part like i don't think that anyone who says that they don't get nervous is full of shit it's still a fight you're going in there like someone's gonna try and fuck you up so and so you always get super nervous but the part that i found the hardest was like the crowd thing all the people you know yeah. coming and watching you and then like i guess you kind of you kind of label you know you label yourself as like that you're a that you're a fighter almost so that kind of becomes your identity yeah so what like what if what are you when you lose yeah you know what i mean so you put a lot of pressure on you're yourself a loser. right yeah. so you put a lot of pressure on yourself like that because if you lose you're not you know people think you're not tough or yeah you know just dumb shit like that which is all ego driven yeah and so like i think with the having lots of the amateur fights you you get all that shit out of your system yeah and, and then I mean, you start to just see it as a competition and like as a technical yeah like match well yeah like as in now like the whole the crowd thing and that is it doesn't it means fuck all like it, yeah. obviously it's awesome you know people cheering you on shit's fucking cool supporting you or not's real cool but it's not that's not why you're doing it yeah you know what i mean i yeah. think when you first start out a lot of the times it's it's more of an ego thing it's like fuck i want to be yeah i want to be a fighter and i want this and then that, that's your you want that to be the idea your identity more than this more yeah. than do that as the sport yeah where now for me being that it's, you know i'm i fucking love it like i just love the challenge of fighting and i love the process of training and as much mm. as you wake up in the morning and your neck's jacked up your lower back's killing you your legs are sore and shit you like that it's the whole process that of, mm. of fighting itself which is fucking sick yeah you know and then that's as i said what going down and training with volko and that and all them other boys that's what lit that fire again because it's like fuck i got i can't not do this like i got goosebumps thinking about that shit because when we were down there it was freezing cold and my shoulder was still fucked and we'd watch you boys train and me and jacko just started rolling on the fucking mats. Oh, that's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can't be in a room like that. Yeah. And there's an energy in a gym and a, a good gym yeah. when you're in there and there's guys that are pushing themselves and it's like all of the thoughts about, you know, like the fear of, and then what happens if I get hit? What happens if I get hurt? What happens if... It just goes, man. Like, something comes over you and then it's like, nah, this is a place to fucking do martial yeah, arts. Yeah. And it, it, there's, there's just a vibe that, it's it's very very unique i could see like when you said that at the start of this it's one thing i wanted to circle back to was 
Like I could see that. Like it made me want to train. My shoulders fucked up. I wasn't even training, and and we were we. St- I rolled in jeans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the vibe that now, in yeah. that room, it was just so I think, fucking I th- cool. I think you guys, did you guys come? Would you just watch sparring? I think one day, and then yep. and then I think you come back the next day for the for last the, for session. that spider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. when when Volker had to do his last session, and like, yeah. man, the, that I still remember. You obviously being involved in it, but that intensity of that and like that whole environment like i've seen him do it at in new zealand at ckb as well and just the everyone everyone coming together to help one guy help one guy like but it lifts everybody lifts everyone like that whole the whole energy in the whole room is is just insane like you would have seen from the outside looking in like five rounds of that like you know you're leaving nothing yeah like no nothing in the tank at all like he was you know completely burnt out then to see that and then to watch the final product of him you know i think that was when he because that was when he defended the belt wasn't yeah, it yeah, yeah that was him. his second fight against max yeah you can see and like, then you see the result and the, he wins the world fucking title yeah you're like fuck that's cool like so much hard work goes into it but you know just that whole i that that whole trip for me was like as i said this is what lit that fire again because I, so cool. I was on the i was on the fence because it was my age and I had to like fuck i've had so many little niggly injuries and so many setbacks with fucking dumb shit you know what i mean like i got bad knees so had i've had a few clean outs which it's not they're not even major surgeries but it's enough that you got to take a month off and oh then you dude go, yeah and it's brutal I had like um two fractured bones in my lower back like they don't know if it's fractures from like stress fractures or if they're ones that was like a congenital thing i was just born with it so that halfway i don't know fuck, it might have been like 2013 or something I, they just all of a sudden my back started hurting i was like what the fuck is this and i literally couldn't even brush my teeth i couldn't even bend forward at the sink mri and they're like oh you've got this thing called spondylolisthesis and it's like these little fractures in these little bones that come off your yeah yeah l4 l5 s1 it's like it goes right through them yeah and so that then and that's another whole fucking you know that's another whole can of worms that opened up for in my career because that led me to have to take time off and it was so bad like i was living on painkillers and anti-inflammatories just to fucking get by each day and that was kind of around the time that i'd stopped i think i i just started kind of but you know it was in between like plumbing and working at the nutrition mm. store and then like you're basically like living on painkillers and like, you can't train or anything because you're back like right back yeah and then look like i because my dad has a has had surgeries on his back and has a bad back and until you've experienced how fucking debilitating a back injury is you kind of don't respect it you're like oh fuck you'll be like, you it see fucks your get, whole lower half of your body like everything well you see them like getting up off the couch or getting in a car and it's like fuck you in your head yeah, you're like yeah, fuck yeah. surely you can't be that bad yeah and then you go through it and you're like for example like leaning over the sink to brush your teeth i couldn't even lean over so i was like bending down i like, couldn't bend it couldn't hinge at the hip yeah and it went on for fucking ages and then that like that that was a fucking other that that fucked me up for ages because then i was living on painkillers and that yeah and then what what happens when you fucking live on them what goes you up get, must come down you, but then you get hooked on them yeah. and shit and then i end up getting fucking hooked on them and then having to go to a psychologist to fucking get off them and because like i'll go to the go to the physio and the ep and they're like man your your back is good like you you don't need to keep taking these I was like no it's not i'm yeah. telling you it's in fucking pain like i'm in pain yeah 
and I was my brain was genuinely telling me I'm in pain yeah but the, I wasn't in pain. It was the whole addiction thing was like, fuck, no, you are. So you yeah. have to have more. It's like you're telling yourself you're, you're hurt so you can yeah. feed the, the drug addiction. Yeah. So that was like another thing which fucking took forever to, to kick. And how did you have to, how did you get off that? I went to a psychologist and just, yeah, I had a heap of, I just had like a, like it was kind of fucked my relationship. And like I just did, you know, like, cause you basically like you're just putting a lid on all your problems by doing it. Yeah. So yeah, just, all different parts of my life just kind of started to fucking crumble around me and it was almost like a this was like a band-aid yeah you know like it's injured like a crutch that you're leaning on yeah yeah and then and then i ended up going to a psychologist and just gave me like i guess coping mechanisms that didn't involve that and you know and then a big part was just get, like getting back to training yeah like because if as i said like i've got such an addictive personality which is probably what led me down that road in the first place and then to get once you're back in training that's all that's all you focus on mm. so it takes away the focus of the rest of the shit that's around it yeah you know what i mean so i think that was a that was a massive part of it but just having you know just go on and speak to somebody like hey because you feel like you're you're like fuck i'm fucked up like, yeah you know? so you feel like a piece of shit yeah so go on and and when you're obviously speaking to someone they're gonna obviously seen something similar to that yeah like, and so, so many, many people that are like this yeah so they, they're going to be obviously more understanding you feel like a failure and like yeah. a fucking piece of shit and then they'll be like look you know you're not the first person blah 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 yeah, you're not the first you're not the last this that's is right and the then thing gonna, you gotta deal with yeah and then they give you like the you know help you out with different coping strategies and shit yeah. like that and which helped massively because it fucks you like obviously it fucks your sleep up and then in turn, if you're not sleeping, yeah. then that fucks everything else up. Nothing and then works if you just don't is, sleep. It's, it's just a vicious cycle. That's what, and that's what it turned out to be. So, yeah, it took fucking took forever. So, yeah, going back to the fighting thing, that was like it was just like a roadblock, roadblock, roadblock. Yeah. Like, and you had to keep getting through these things and little niggles like that. And then like then I did my peck, and it was just all these little setbacks all the time. But then, and that was kind of what was leaning me towards going oh fuck like i should just i can't keep dealing with these injuries like it fucks up yeah my not only my life but my partners and my kids and because when you're like i was in a sling and a, a wrist brace for you know two months or whatever it was yeah you can't do shit like you you can't do anything or you have knee surgery and then you know partner, and then like uh, you're rel- like other people are looking well, after you well and- like my, my partner had to you know she was basically like she would be doing all my she was going to work and then she would come on her lunch break and do my painkillers and you, know, yeah. you can't even basically dress yourself because you're in the your sling can't leave yeah. your body here you can't dress yourself for nothing like trying to put fuck bro trying to put pants on with one arm and she like boxer shorts is fucking hard yeah. eh so you know you, you become so reliant on other people so not only it's fucking your life but you're affecting other people's around you too so yeah. and that was part i was like fuck do i if i keep getting injured I just become a burden on other people as well. Yeah. Do I want to keep doing that? You know what I mean? So that was that's changed my mentality for fighting in, in another respect as well. Yeah. Like how I look after my body as well. So I'm trying to minimize the chances of that happening. Like you know, rest days and shit like that. I used to be like, oh no, I feel like shit, but I've got these two sessions that need to be done. Yeah. So then you just go and do them and then you know, you're burning the candle at both ends. Mm when i was younger that was fine because like, you know, i didn't give a fuck i was like oh, i'm just gonna do it anyways and then it's not until now i'm older that i'm like wait a minute you know i just i can take the day off mm. now i used to think to myself my mentality was 
it doesn't matter how tired or how sore, how hurt you are, you can't miss them sessions because the guy you're fighting, mm. he hasn't missed those sessions. You don't even know that, but in your head you're like, fuck, I, I can't, you know, he, I can't let him train more than me. I've got to train more than him. You know what I mean? And, that, and I think that led to you know a lot of the, a lot of the injuries were probably just from shit like that, just yeah. being too stubborn, which is common, man. Mm. A lot of people get injured because of just general like overtraining. Yeah, just overtraining, yeah. So just, and just being stubborn with it. And uh, so now, like if I'm, you know, I could like last week I took a whole day off because I was like, oh, just my neck was sore. And I was like, fuck it. If I don't, I can take today off mm. and get a massage, have a sauna, chill out for the day. And then I got Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'm good. Yeah. Or I can go to training with a fuck neck, sore as, it's going to be a shit session. It's going to roll over into the next day, the next day, the next day. day. And then like you could risk fucking your sleep because your neck's sore at night. But then you've not only lost, you haven't just lost a day, you've lost half the week of training. And then there's like a mood attached to that too, Mm. you know, and then you you can just like, uh, yeah, it's very, it is very fickle, eh? And combat sports, I mean, like I had a brilliant session yesterday of jiu-jitsu and it was off the back of like, because normally I try to train every day. Yeah and except sundays i can sometimes the weekends I, I ride my dirt bike but most of the time monday or friday i try and train and then with work lately for the past month it's been like once a week there's been one week where i got three in and then all them sessions have just been dog shit yeah, like yeah. and mentally like it fucking affects well me personally mm-hmm. like it affects me mentally oh, when you have I like think, a i think dog, that's everyone yeah you have like a shit session i'm trying to get better at it i'm trying to um, zoom out of my jiu-jitsu career it's like i'm three years in i want my black belt in 10 years like let's zoom out if you you couldn't most of the sessions are good like if all the green all, all the good was green and the fucking bad was red and there were these little lines on a chart like over your 10-year career like there's not there wouldn't be that many red ones you know no nah, but it's gonna be yeah exactly like this if it was a yeah. graph you know what i mean but that's a that's the same like going back to like when you the whole ego thing when you start and it is it's all ego 100% yeah. and it's like the it's same as you almost like you've got to win you know I used to have to try and win every round or that's, win every role yeah. or win everything and and it doesn't like you'd never it's ever, not sustainable no not at all and, and that leads to like the overtraining the injury yeah. like that where now I, I still have the days where you have a shit session and you're like, I still have days now where I'm like, wow, what the fuck am I still doing this for? Like, yeah. you know, I'm a fucking, I'm sore. Like I just got fucking beat up by everyone or, or someone that normally you would, yeah. normally you can have your way with and they just start landing their shots or they out grapple you or something like that. You're like, fuck, you know, like, is, you know, what am I, why am I still doing this? I've, like, lost, can't, it. I've lost it. You know yeah. what I mean? But then you'll come back the next day and, the, and you'll be, and you'll be fine. Yeah. And it's just that mental battle which I think it just comes so I don't know, I've never really apart from hockey right so I've spent so many years now in martial arts that that's all I can really refer to with. yeah yeah but like I'll just have the same days like you know, I'm brown belt in jiu-jitsu and then you get caught with a submission by a blue belt but then like and you fuck it eats me the whole way home in the car <laughs> and it's like I'm telling myself how the fuck fuck are you it's your shit like, you know you, you suck that belt away yeah but one time I put I kid you not, I put my brown belt in the bin of the gym. I was like, fuck this belt. I'm fucking out of here. I put it in the bin, eh? And then I come back the next day and it was fucking on the, in the change room. I was so annoyed. Just, and it was just like, nothing was going my way. And I was yeah. just so frustrated. But 
I just wasn't my it was my inability to just to accept that it was a shit day mm. and just to leave that as a shit day and at yeah. the end of the day like that day is done yeah. that's it it's a new one yeah. tomorrow and it's funny I just actually I just got this uh, one of those aura rings yeah and uh, to try and like, to help with my sleep and shit and um, I've never done any meditation stuff or nothing I was like oh fuck. really and it's no I've never really done it because uh, fuck I, I think I'm quite, quite highly strung so I was always like I'm just always on the go you can do it uh, and then so when I get home I'm still on the go and then I'm like alright shit I'm just gonna go lay down and go to sleep and the next thing you know it's fucking two hours laying in bed and there's a podcast on and you're not asleep and you're getting fuck all sleep so um, my partner bought me this for my birthday anyways um, so I actually started doing the the meditation things on there and that's one of the things that, that it says at the end of the meditation thing it says that like uh, you know whatever problems of today are from today they're not tomorrow's problems leave them in today you start fresh tomorrow it was actually quite good. I was like, fuck, that's it. I've never thought of that. And that's that going back to the jiu-jitsu thing. That's the same thing. Mm. I feel like, fuck it. Today was a shit day. Everyone beat me up. But tomorrow I'll come back and I'll do it. I'll, you know, I'll, it's a new day. We'll do it again. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't even have that attitude. I'll fucking let that thing live. That eat me up inside for the week. You know what I mean? Like, fuck that. I can't get back on that and I'm going to smash all them fucking guys. <laughs> I, I won't harp on about meditation stuff because I talk about it on here fucking so oh, really? much. Everyone's sick of it. But I'll talk to you after. You definitely, like, everybody should meditate for 10 minutes a day. It's the most. Yeah, I've been doing twelve. Because two, it's on the because on the ring it has like different. Uh, ones you so can what? Do. Yeah. So what? Explain how it works for like the meditation stuff that you do with that with the ring. So with the aura ring, like um, so I'm only just getting used. To it. I've only had it for the week, but um, so I got it for to the helps like for your readiness and like overtraining and like your does your HRV, so yeah, it, right. it does your sleep and that because I have obviously like it's the same as with the watches and that yeah. you get I need to like get that. one of those watches I should just fucking go and buy well one. the watch my partner actually got me that too but fuck it doesn't tell you in the fine print that the the fucking whatever reads scans you or reads through and gets your pulse and that doesn't go through the tattoos if they're too dark so my watch doesn't even read my heart rate. Oh, it does none of the shit it's supposed to do. Does so it read the sleep or no? No, like nothing. fucking nothing now because it doesn't. It doesn't. The oh. sensors. So the sensors under here. That's fucked. Like those bits there. Yeah. They're supposed to go through your skin and pick up your pulse and shit like that. It doesn't do it through the tattoos. So mine, like I can have my my chest strap heart rate monitor on. Yeah. And be like redlining on the assault bike. And it'll be like... 140. <laughs> on, the, on this one, it'll, it'll say I'm in mean, like the 90s. That's so like recovery. I'm like, what the fuck is going on this stupid thing? Yeah, okay. So anyways, I got this, I got the aura ring. And uh, like all the other boys, like Josh and that from the gym, they've they got them as well. Like, yeah, um, right. I've never... Can you put that, uh, look at that up on the screen real quick, Ronan, just so I can remember it? Yeah, so, and uh, it just does... Uh, like a lot, the, I think the UFC were giving them... Yeah, so that's them there. Wow. Oh fuck! And see how it's legit. got the sensors on the inside. No shit. So you can sleep. You can sleep in Click it and everything. Into that. Fuck! This might be what I get. How hundred? Like so far, and from what everyone else has said, I've spoke to, so much better than the watches and that. Just the analytics of it, it gives you everything. Like really. So, so when you wake up in the morning, it gives you like uh, all your sleep throughout the night, like different stages of your sleep you're in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it does your temperature breaths per minute you what? know yeah so then when you it gives does your hrv how does it get your breath you reckon oh fuck well, i have to have to go through and read it all properly like i've done a little bit of research on it but i'm, I'm guessing it all comes through your circulation i would imagine uh, 
So, but yeah, it goes off movement and shit as well. Like it'll, if yeah. you move in your sleep lots, it'll, because yeah. obviously yeah. you're not going to be in deep sleep then yeah. or REM sleep and shit like that. But yeah, so see how there, how it's got like your, so let's say there, like a sleep. sleep. Yeah, so that's like your yeah. sleep quality. So obviously it's a scale of 100. Like the readiness is what we use a lot. So that goes off like your heart rate variability. Mm. So like if- So you don't have to wear a- Nah, we wear that. Because what we do is you wear that and say the calories that you burn. Because I'm not, I was actually going to talk to the guys today and see if there was a way that if you can link them, because you obviously can't, you're not going to be able to train in so that. So you use the heart rate for the, you use the strap for the watch. For the, no, I use the, no, I use the strap, which it just, I don't use the watch for anything apart from telling the time now with a stopwatch. Essentially, it's an expensive ass fucking time teller. <laughs> That's it. And uh, I use the polar strap still because it's, it's stay, like you can stay on when you're training that. Yeah. And obviously, you can still wrestle and hit pads. Do you, and you wear that in like jujitsu and shit? Everything. Yeah. 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 And um, so that way you can see what your calories you burned and yeah, your heart rate yeah. and shit like that and all i've been doing so far i just transfer that information into the aura app yeah so how many calories uh, i've burned i just put yeah. it in there so that way it says yeah it kind of does like the so i think there should be hopefully like well there's a way where you can that. apps can link up kind of thing you know what i mean yeah. so like the health app on your phone I yeah can link so that's it. what i got my meditation goes to my health app ah, and okay, then it yeah. shows me like uh, i judge my life based on how much i meditate yeah right right like because it looks on the graph and i I do like a very similar amount each day yeah and it's like if my graph isn't really close i'm like oh your life's fucked up bro like that's yeah. it's that's it's that important of a metric for me yeah so what what i've done since i've got this so far is in the middle of the day because i find because obviously i train in the morning and i work in the morning and then in the middle of the day Usually I'll do business stuff, but there's no, like I don't really shut off. Yeah. So then I thought when I seen that they have this, these um, different um, like mindfulness things in there, I was like, fuck it, I'm just gonna, I'll just try it and and see what, see what it's like. And uh, so I started doing it in the middle of the day, like kind of after, I guess after lunch kind of thing. And then, cause I know I'm gonna have to drive up here or yeah. I'm gonna train or yeah. whatnot. So I do it in the middle of the day and then I do it before bed. And you're bed. just sitting down? I just lay, oh yeah, like when I do it down. during the day, I was usually just chilling in the recliner yeah. and just make it, just turn the TV and shit off and just chill right out. Yeah. And it's just enough to wind down and, it, and it's quite good because you can see it does all the analytics of whilst you're in that meditate, like while you're meditating. So you yeah. can go back through and see how much your heart, your heart rate, rate dropped. Drop. Yeah, so like mine yeah. was like floating around like 60 something, like I think it was yesterday. And I did the the six. It was like a six and a half minute meditation thing. Yeah, and I think it dropped down to like a. I was like forty two. Yeah, and then just stuck, and just stayed at that. So it essentially, brought me down like you know just under twenty beats. Yeah, and then which consistently stayed at that. Which is then obviously for recovery between sessions and shit. Like if you're doing multiple sessions a day, obviously having your heart rate a lot lower is going to be more beneficial for recovery. Mm. So then I'll do it before bed as well because that's when I struggle. As soon as as soon as I lay down, it's like all the work training fighting ding 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 starts running through your head so it's quite good because it's just obviously and as i said i'm so new to it that i don't know anything about mm. it so having it's just a chick on there that's going like you know breathe in your nose for four seconds hold for seven seconds and out your mouth eight seconds mm. and you just do that and it's her telling you like doing it and you know talking just chilling out like and made it it's like so far i think it's made a difference from my sleep because obviously it gets you ready to chill out mm. 
before I wasn't doing any of that stuff. But yes, yeah, so I, I reckon these are a great idea. Where do you get them from? Uh, just online. Oh, okay. Yeah, Can you buy them in retailers or? Oh, fuck, I don't know, eh? I don't know. My partner got it for me, so I'm not sure. Yeah, sick. But um, I know the UFC, like that's where were given i think they gave them out to a lot of the a lot of the fighters because they were using them as their just to help them not overtrain because obviously yeah obviously does, I and so that readiness like does that because man like you like jiu-jitsu is so hard if you're mm. really trying like if you're really in there training it's fucking hard every day like i'm fucked yeah. like i get to thursday i'm fucked yeah and i i wonder about like how ready i am to train and it's like there's people that can do that like my best mate shane like he's one of the owners of the helensvale gym and he trains like twice a day on monday wednesday friday yeah and then uh with his club well and then he does that yeah but here we're doing like kids class he'll train in the morning do kids class uh fundamentals and advanced so that's like three sessions most day you know like it's a huge workload so in my head i'm like fuck if he can do it you know like i should be able to at least aspire to do one a day yeah but i guess there's so you, many other contributing factors to that too outside like yeah what else you know you know even coming back to like nutrition and sleep and like you said meditating things like that because it's all going to have an impact on yeah readiness, and then just i like, would imagine and then all of your extra shit that you're doing with work and how much you know well just the stresses of, yeah. of life i guess would, yeah. would um would add up but yeah so the like the with the readiness thing like uh I'm guessing it puts like as I said I've got to research more myself it's only new to me as well but I'm guessing that and it puts correlate all the stats and then work yeah, like an average yeah like, yeah yeah. and so because I did read on there too because I was looking at the like, temperature thing so I was intrigued to that and it was just saying about like your body how it reads the, your body temperature and so it can uh, essentially it'll affect your readiness and almost like your readiness will start to be lower if you're getting sick before you're actually sick mm. you know that was my understanding of it anyways it's like it's kind of you can you can pick it because if your heart rate is slightly elevated so your hrv reading is higher than what it usually is because it goes off of like an average mm. so mine's probably still trying to work out because i haven't had yeah, it long enough trying yeah. to find trying to get the data the data but then yeah so then like if your heart rate throughout the night is elevated like by four or five beats and your readiness is going to be off which yeah. means you know that's when you have to take a chill day or a yeah. chill morning or something like that yeah. which then in turn is going to minimize the risk of overtraining injury. which then is injury yeah. and it all just goes hand in hand kind of thing so yeah yeah i, I rate, rate it big time and i've not, I haven't even had that long but just going off what everyone else has said about it i was yeah. like fuck because they're pretty expensive so i was a bit like oh fuck didn't spend that much money on it and but yeah so far it's been not too bad but that's awesome but yeah the, i didn't I didn't even know that you spoke about the meditation stuff so much because it's only new, it's all only new to me. So I've got no fucking. Oh man, it's been it was like it's it's literally changed my entire life. Yeah, like I just can't I can't overstate it. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's not just the like what I'll the I'm actually I got a, a guy coming on. Um, he's got his po- a podcast up in Brizzy, but he's done like a lot of like Buddhist retreats and ten days silence retreats and shit like that. And uh, he's kind of like the only guy I know that is into the same sort of stuff that I am. Like, I really don't get to talk to them. I kind of get to tell people on the podcast, like, the advantages and stuff like that. But I'm excited to do a full show where, like, just really unpacking it all. But I started studying 
a guy called um, Sam Harris, and he's been on Rogan a bunch of times. Yeah, like I know, I've got fa- his podcast as well. Yeah. yeah, so his app Waking Up is just fucking phenomenal, dude. Yeah, like, and so the the type of um, like what what you'd be doing is called like mindfulness. So you're trying to like bring your your awareness and your attention to the breath that's right and not yeah. let it wander away and yeah. drift off into thought and shit like that yeah, that's but, what the, that's what the the chick will say she'll be like if you're starting to drift off and yeah. think about something else just yeah. think about your stomach rising or your yeah. lungs rising yeah. and the, you know your nose breathing in and yeah things like that and i was shocked at how well it works because as she's saying it to you, you do drift off yeah and then she says she brings think, you back you're like, you're like oh, oh fuck gotta concentrate yeah. on this it's like concentrate on your fingertips and then yeah. on your toes and yeah. where you feel tension and you're like because for the longest time i was like fuck that's same dude and and so brush it off that's rubbish and so my my whole life has been like a struggle with sleep Mm, so fuck i'm the exact same exact same i had like i had legitimate chronic insomnia yeah as a kid like a kid couldn't sleep my whole life it wasn't until it wasn't until i left school and I've, I think I've spoken about like one or once or twice in here before, but I, I used to have these like crazy night terrors and I would just, I just wouldn't go, I wouldn't sleep because yeah. I didn't want to have these night terrors and like horrific, horrific dreams, like murdering fucking family and just like the gnarliest the worst, fucking yeah. shit. And then you'd wait, I'd wake up and I'd, I'd be rattled, but you know, it, it never was like a connection of like that to the, like the real me. Yeah. So, but I always just had these fucked up dreams. So then I just resisted sleep. Yeah. And so I, my mind just started going crazy just to try and like not sleep essentially. So I went all through school, dude. And it wasn't, I think a lot of it come like had to do with like bullying and fights and stuff at, at school. And then there was like this weird kind of anxiety around that. And then I'd carry over into the night. But, but yeah, the day I left school, I just started sleeping. I started sleeping. Yeah. But if I went to bed at nine, I wouldn't sleep till one. Yeah. That's, that's so, so like, I'm in the same boat as that. So like, that's still what I do now. It's as I said before, when I lay down, as soon as I shut my eyes, it's like every thought and idea and situation would arise. Yeah. And if something throughout the day was negative, yeah. whatever it was like work or training or relationship like that it would just fucking blow like you'd make a you know like you'd make it a thousand yeah, yeah a thousand times worse and next thing you know you're creating these scenarios in your head which don't even fucking exist and hey. never will exist yeah. yeah and then then you're up until all hours and then you fucking gotta get up and do it all again the next day kind of thing so yeah. I, I get where you come from with that side so when i say my life has changed right from meditating i can have that story right go through my head clipped yeah just I am not affected in the same way every now and again like I can count my days where that shit fucks with me like three in a month yeah yeah, yeah. one in a month like it's just I've I've gotten to the point where like it's and it's not it's not like the the meditation is like the training where you kind of it's like the dojo there's like a dojo in your fucking head yeah that you go into and you don't have to spend long there you just got to be real consistent you just got to do it over and over again but it's more so like the underlying concepts and it's really tied in with like buddhism taoism uh hindi all of uh 
like Zen, all of the Eastern mysticism that you, you'd call it. Yeah. But that story that you tell yourself in your head, that's what they call, they refer to as like the self. That's like this, it's this constant story in your mind and their whole concept of it. And, and they call it non-dualism because we have this kind of like, I'm the subject and then everything that goes on around me is like the object of experience. And this sort of cuts through that and just says there's no there's no Brenton in the world there's just experience and the thoughts that come into your brain this story that you start telling yourself and then you start identifying with that's just an appearance in the same way that there's music playing and and that is appearing in your conscious experience yeah so then you take thoughts as objects of meditation so you you drift off into thought and you start telling you oh fuck me missus give me the shit so this cunt fucking did this and then yeah. and then you just like instantly you just stop and then you're just looking at you're like that's just another thing yeah that, yeah. that i'm that i'm aware of that's not that it's not essentially real it's not actually there you can't point to it that there's nothing tangible that's attached to that thought you don't know where it come from you weren't the author of it yeah it rose and you either choose to identify with it as like Brenton and then a fucking you're off on the journey until you're off. Yeah. And or you see it instantly for what it is and then you take it as just another object in the same way that everything is appearing and you just it's this constant process. And then you're doing that in like the meditation setting of, you know, you ten I only do ten minutes a day. Sometimes yeah. on the weekends I'll do like half an hour sits or or an hour. Yeah. Um but it's just this constant reminder all the time. Like and that's what lets me do these for three hours. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I just, I'm not going off on thought. Yeah. I'm just, I'm only like listening to what you're saying. And I'm, I'm really like, sometimes I'm sort of late with questions and responses because I'm just, there's not really like, I'm not really here thinking a bunch of shit and yeah, planning yeah. a bunch of stuff out. Like I'm just, actually, kind of thing. Just yeah. I'm just sitting here and, and then only sort of taking it it's like a one-way thing there's not this fucking brain yeah, going yeah, yeah. crazy well i'm because obviously as i said it's super fucking look green with it but going back to like how you said you get them the the thoughts and then obviously that's what i would get as soon as i lay down and try yeah. and sleep and that's fucks up my sleep i noticed that last night when we were talking about when i was saying that with the lady on the app and she's like you know think about the breath and if you start to drift off think about the breath and that they steer you back and that's what i noticed every single time because you're laying there in silence something will come in and then as soon as you start thinking about your breath again it's completely gone it and goes. it never comes back no, again that no. one that thought's not back again yeah. it was, and it was being that i am so good new to it i was like fuck that's you know half the time some actually some of the time when i was doing it and it would go i'd be like holy fuck that just worked it's yeah, cool. yeah and then, you, then yeah. you're not thinking about breathing and we're like wait go back to breathing yeah you know but yeah it's pretty cool like so it's something that I, i've done to so probably this week alone I've done I do two lots of like six and a half minutes yeah each one so as the middle of the day and then right before bed yeah so I don't know we'll over I guess we'll see how it goes over time but yeah just keep doing it and even mm. if you don't like my it, there's a gauge for me now is if I'm not doing it every single day and most of the times I do it twice a day like I'll do it in the morning and then I, I honestly just put it on for shits and giggles at night yeah like I just put it I, I don't know I'm asleep by the time it's done yeah okay. um, but I'll just sort of I'll just put it on because it's again it's it's more like the concepts that I just want these concepts in my brain so that when I'm in daily life I'm not getting derailed by shit that just fucking appears because yeah. you're right like that um, 
that concept like what you just said of there's a thought and once you look at it and it goes it's gone forever that's right so like buddhists call that like impermanence and everything's impermanent there's nothing really that's around that you can it has like this tangible like last forever everything fucking it comes and it goes so there's like i i ended up i broke my hip like i well, i did my shoulder and then i broke my hip last year so fucking i was derailed i was yeah, just on the couch year. so i just sat and i just read like poured over these books on buddhism and zen and all this just taking i wouldn't call myself any of those things yeah but just taking those concepts and like i used to be like a crazy fucking uh like metaphysical like i just think about like the this is what i do to stay awake at night so i didn't have these night terrors there's like a fucking 10 year old is i'd think about like what's the universe made of and like what's where does like yeah like i would just go fucking crazy on these like crazy tangents thinking about the universe thinking about life thinking every single thing that i could think about except sleep yeah just to stay awake and uh and then yeah this has just even ended all of that and i like that shit i used to read books about philosophy and all that stuff but now it's like i just don't even really feel the need to like figure out what's what fuck where everything yeah, come from yeah. i don't i don't really care about life that much in, in that sense like yeah, i don't yeah. need to figure it out it just it is what it is i'm actually i'm super intrigued for next week because obviously that's the that's fight week yeah and for me even after having so many fights and i'm guessing as i said before if anyone if you have spoke to anyone that fights and they're like nah i don't get nervous like it is what it is but you're like motherfucker you're full of shit dude i get nervous in dreams before yeah, fights. yeah like you, well you're full of shit but you know like you're fucking yeah. everyone gets yeah. nervous you know yeah. it's part of the it's part of the process yes um but the fight week is is obviously that's the time because obviously that's it's approaching so quick that's when i used to have the worst because you're supposed to be getting the best sleep you know what i mean because you're going to compete it'd be the worst because then all of a sudden uh i used to have a thing where i'd be like what if he does this and he does mm. that and never would i be like wait a minute fuck him what yeah, if yeah. i'm what if he's fucking gonna, what if, what if i'm gonna do this you yeah, know what i mean so yeah. but like even i used to tell myself that anyways but i'm interested to see what effect it'll have if i continue obviously i'll continue doing it every day next week like because when i lay down that was when those thoughts happen and obviously mm. when you when you lay down and you start thinking about fighting obviously your heart rate is going to elevate because you, you're thinking about it like you're mm. going to get form of adrenaline i would assume like yeah, something yeah, you're going to yeah. get some form of excitement and your focus is far from sleeping then it's, it's entirely on competing yeah so to it'd be interesting to see how i go like disassociating i guess you could say f- yeah. from that like going you know every time you think about fighting you to go no wait a minute yeah stop thinking about fighting and and see what effects that has across the course of a week because this would be the first time i would have done that leading into a fight yeah you know what i mean so i'll be interested to just to see how it plays out over the week well when you think about like the when you're just sort of lost in thought and you're or you're in bed and you're you're awake and you're you're thinking and it's so visual it's so visceral like there's almost like a projector in your mind and it's mm. like and it's like projecting this image but it's like that you just got to know that like that actually isn't real like it can feel so real it can it you can you can have legitimate emotions that come from it you can create anxiety like i've had full blown anxiety attacks in bed yeah. at night of just this was before i started um 
Man, I've woken up. I've woken up angry at my partner for shit that was in a fucking dream. Yeah, not even anything she ever done. And I wake up next day, fucking hell, fucking bitch, fuck. And then we like middle of the, like an hour later, like what the what fuck the is fuck? wrong with that? me? That's yeah. fucking not even nothing, even ever, like that's nothing. Like it's fucking a dream, you idiot. Yeah. But uh, in your dream, obviously, when you wake up, it's still so real. It's like you're fucking angry in your sleep, like just to fucking touch me. Fucking oh, dude, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, you can wake up like fully in a bad mood, like that shit fucking happens for sure. But yeah, it was uh, all that, all that stuff has definitely gone away in like a big way over the last couple of years from from that. And yeah, it'd be it, it's I think everybody, like I try and tell everybody, it's hard to not sound like preachy. It's not, yeah. but it's just like it's such like a good thing, and and even just like to know what comes up, to know what re- you know, to know the things that you get hit with that like you didn't plan like you don't plan your thoughts like yeah. you just get thoughts we get we, them yeah we feel like we're way more in control of our life than Fucking we actually not. are like it's just shit just coming and going and coming and going and like you choose to identify with stuff and it takes you away down you know down the thought train and then you're on it until you're off it yeah do you think it comes do you think it comes across as preachy just because of what it is because if yeah there's like if, a stereotype yeah because yeah. if you were telling everyone to do jujitsu yeah I don't think it comes across as preachy. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're telling everyone you should do a martial art, it's it's still preaching martial arts, but it doesn't come across yeah, there as is, the I same guess as someone preaching. Because like, it. it's the same as people that are really invested in yoga. Yeah. When they preach yoga to you, it almost is like someone trying to sell you a fucking Bible. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, fuck, you know, they're just so invested into it. Yeah. Without, But you kind of, and it has that stereotype to it, and you don't, I guess you like for me personally you don't almost accept the actual benefits of it because of the stereotype behind it you're yeah. like nah I'm not gonna fucking do yoga and oh, I'm not gonna meditate and shit like just purely out of well I think one the of the things like I feel like meditation in 2021 is big enough to where like most people know what meditation mm. is and most people have probably tried it fucking I think everyone needs it oh for sure <laughs> Look, even I've only done it for a little bit I'm like fuck that's just the, the small little details that I've picked up so far I'm like fuck that's cool how I can just shut that thought out yeah within milliseconds that thought is fucking gone yeah. you know what I mean and like off thinking about breathing again you know what I mean it was crazy like for me that was crazy because as I said I fucking would lay there and just yeah thought then the thoughts are just fucking like a machine gun like all night until you and then they said you lay in bed and like say 10 o'clock fuck I roll over and I look at my phone I'm like fuck it's 1 o'clock I gotta be up at 4.45 to go to oh, the gym and start work and I'm live. like fuck I'm gonna do this like fucking not, this is gonna be a nightmare You're and then all of a sudden you're like with training and shit then I, I'm telling myself fuck now I'm only gonna have you yeah. know, four hours sleep and then I know I've got these two yeah. or three sessions I'm going to drive to the coast I'm going to be half asleep fuck it up and, and it's one of those things too that like the more that you do it there's just it's just like anything it's like jiu-jitsu it's like fucking you put in start like I put in my study time I put in my practice time and then I'll see new benefits like there's a couple of weeks like I said we've been real busy yeah. here and I went home made I was just like fuck I need to get out of the office I need to make coffee I need to just I'm having a fuck I'm having one of those days and then I got home and so like weed and coffee and stuff, like any kind of stimulant, it, it definitely fucks with the, not fucks with meditation in like a negative way. Coffee's the hard one because you're quite stimulated yeah. and your heart rate's up. So there's just a, like a lot more going on. Um, 
but yeah, I was, I was like, all right, fuck it. I won't make a coffee. I, I had to be back here for something with Ronan. And, um, and I was like, all right, I don't have time for 10 minutes, which would be like the guided meditation. Yeah. And then, so I was like, fuck it. I'll just set like, so what I do, I go like Hertz frequencies on YouTube and they're just like, um, like these weird sort of harmonic sounds. It's just like a tone. Yeah. And then they'll have, it'll like change or go up and down. It's just very peaceful and like real consuming and it's easy to concentrate on it. So anytime I'm not doing like a guided meditation where, where like for me, it's Sam Harris where he's like, come back to breath, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like look for yourself, look for the thinker of these thoughts. Like, is there anyone, to, is there anyone there to find? And that sort of shit, I'll like so if I can't do one of those sessions I put on the Hertz timer and then uh, the Hertz music and then on your phone you can do set an alarm and then you can change the alarm to say instead of it being like a, a sound going off yeah. you can say stop playing so I, I had four minutes I think right so and this was like a big deal for me like a turning point in it because it was just a new experience and I so I put four minutes on the timer I played my Hertz music I put in my AirPods with the sound noise cancelling couldn't hear a fucking thing and I, I covered my eyes sat on my couch four minutes and it, and I sat down and instantly and there's no guidance or anything like that so I was doing everything myself and I sat down and then I, I wouldn't if you asked me before I sat down I wouldn't have said I was anxious yeah, at yeah. all I wouldn't I, I don't even like to say I'm anxious. I feel there's a negative connotation to that word for me. Yeah. And then I sat down and I was like, motherfucker, you're anxious. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a, this is a presenting thing in your body. Like your body right now physically is anxious. So then I just, I, I tried to drop all of the concepts around anxiety. I, I dropped the name anxiety. I just dropped everything. All there was, I was just feeling the feeling. Yeah. And then like again this is all in four minutes and then maybe it was two minutes i don't know how long it was in and then everything was gone and I, there, it was only the sound that feeling that was it was like fucking derailing my day like i was stressed i was like rushing around i was fucking in my head was going a million miles an hour everything completely gone four minutes and then i just like my my music like slowly faded away and then I come back, like literally you come back to reality and I was a different he's, person. He's better after. I was a different person. I wasn't yeah. even the same person. Yeah, and I got up, crazy, eh? I made a coffee. I didn't even put music on in the car. I just drove back to work. Yeah. I was so fucking just everything gone. Yeah. And then I just sat back down. I went to work, went to just changed my day completely. Yeah, and, crazy, eh? and to like, to know now like that's just like a tool in the toolbox that's like oh i can finish triangles now yeah yeah, yeah. you know what i mean yeah. it's like if you think about meditation as like a as a an art form or a like a skill or a practice or anything like a martial art and i think like it's it's probably something where jujitsu has just really helped me as a as like an adult that started you said that you know you played sport forever and, and i was like that i played sport forever and then you you have this period where you're like a young adult and then you, you age out of junior sports and then your parents aren't taking you places anymore and you have that that kind of period where you're not really doing much shit and then for me i started jujitsu and it was just like this whole new discipline this like getting better and actively learning and putting time into studying and then i'm seeing the results of this hard work and then it made it justified hard work in every other area of yeah. my life and now like 
I found this and and meditation was something where I was one of those people. The first thing anyone says when you're like, oh, you should meditate. Oh, I've tried, man. I can't meditate. It's like, well, that was dude, That was me. Yeah, that was that's me. everybody. People said to me, I was like, no, I can't sit still for that long. Blah, yep. blah. It's not until now where I've been, I guess I was like, fuck, I've just got to try. Yeah. Just, you get to a point where you're like, I guess when you, I probably age too. Yeah, I reckon. Where you, you like the stigma behind it. It's like, you, it's easier to be humble when you get older. Yeah, right? you just don't get, you know, I don't, you get to the point where like, you don't give a fuck what people think anyways. I'm yeah. like, ah, fuck, I don't care anyways. Every, you know, everyone's going to have their own thoughts. Who gives a fuck? I don't let it bother me anymore. Yeah. So then I'll, I'll just do it. Like now I'm like, ah, oh, fuck it. It makes me feel better. I'll just do it. And then I guess, yeah, for the longest time I was like, nah, I'm like, meditation is not for me. Yeah. Like, you know, it's done like a, I think I started out like, did like a yoga class or something like that. And at the end where they do like the meditation yeah. bit at the end, I was like, you just sit there thinking yeah, like the, that you're sit- meditating. You're like, why am I meditating? Yeah, you, so you're I was only sit- thinking about meditating. I'm, I'm literally thinking negatively about meditating. Like, what the fuck am I even doing? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't want to be doing this shit. Like, fuck, I want to go home. This shit finished five minutes ago. Let's fucking get out of here. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's not until now I'm older where I was like, wait a minute. There could be, there could be something. There's a reason why people are talking about this. There could be something in this that's fucking good. Man, I started reading a lot about um, just normal people that had like these enlightenment experiences. Mm. And then they're just like different and then there's people like Eckhart Tolle uh, who've had um, he was like super depressed like just insanely depressed suicidal like have you heard of Eckhart Tolle he's nah. like he's on Oprah he's got like the this book like the, A New Earth like, he's one of the most famous spiritual people in the world now I don't right? know I've heard I have to look him up oh yeah when, and once you start looking into some people and like if you take like an interest in what like how people's lives have been affected and like there's guys that are like some of the most famous people in the world now because of this shit yeah and they just have these like crazy enlightenment experiences he was just like he didn't have a guru never meditated he had like a mental breakdown like he he had this thing going over in his head uh, have you ever got something like it the same thing just same sentence stuck in your head over and over and over and you're just like fuck like it's yeah, like yeah, a song yeah. stuck in your head but it's like a thought yeah yeah it's usually in fucking negative exactly <laughs> so he had this thing i hate myself i hate myself I, and he was like in college depressed he was like an ugly kid and um he's like oh i'm gonna kill myself tonight like i'm fucking done he couldn't get this out of his head like i hate myself anyway he just had like this breakthrough thing and he he was like well who am i if i hate myself like if i'm over here and I can say I hate myself. Like that, I must be in a different vantage point from like the self that I think I hate. Yeah. And so he had this like collapse. Everything around him collapsed, and then he just went into sort of like this nothingness. And then he walked around. He lived in London, and he like dropped out of uh, dropped out of university. He walked around London for two years, just like completely in awe of the world, just like done. He wasn't he wasn't even himself anymore. And his parents were like tripping out. They wanted to put him into like a fucking mental institution. Yeah. How old was he when he did this? Like nineteen or twenty yeah. or something. And then he um and then he goes to he'd like still go to his parents for like dinner and shit like that. And he he was like essentially was homeless, but he was like, Oh, I'll go I'll go eat with my mum and dad and then he'd have a conversation, oh, I'm fine. But he was just off. Like he yeah. just wasn't like it, there was no because there was no talk in his head anymore, like there was just nothing. Fuck when people used to talk about like uh the whole enlightenment things and that. I remember when I was younger, I'd be like, what the fuck are you on about? That's Same, dude. Such a, that's fucking bullshit. That's a, the, my whole, the whole mindset thing. It was like, no, nah, that's fucking rubbish. Yeah. And then when you get older, I guess you hear more of it and the more you hear of it, the more it happens to people and well, the more benefits you're like, fuck, there's, there's more to it than like, if you just look past the stigma that's attached to it. And you got to think about like, this is to get fucking weird conspiracy, but like the, 
there is a the whole underlying thing of any of these eastern mystical sort of um no i wouldn't even really call them religions but these like uh whatever you want to call them they are all about like getting rid of the self like there shouldn't be an ego there's no like and the ego is different in the sense of like i used to think the ego was thinking that you're better than you are but the ego is you thinking anything about yourself yeah and so there's this whole cultures around like stripping yourself of the ego living in the moment being just purely in experience and then western culture is about buy this fucking ring buy this watch yeah, buy this car about it. you need this car because bitches are going to want to suck your dick yeah, and, yeah. and you need this money so you can get this fucking yacht and you need to party with these people and you need bottles at the club like yeah. that's like all material things that's culture yeah. so culture is like is tying you to this idea of self and it's like this individuality like i'm my own person i'm my own man i'm the fucking man i'm a fighter i'm this i'm that like all the like what you said before about your ego and you wanted to be a fighter and yeah like like you just becomes your your identity identity. yeah Yeah, we're encouraged to like sculpt this identity that's better than the next dude yeah that's the way that you level up in society and so when you've got somebody that's coming in and saying like you should strip all that away like you don't want any of that then that goes against everything yeah and yeah, then yeah. the thing like man I, I when i was on the couch with a broken hip and i'm like i was meditating like fucking pretty much all day and the, i'm like i need to go live in a cave like because <laughs> there's people that do that shit there's yeah, people yeah. that go on these to like tibet and they'll sit in a fucking cave for 20 years mm. and they'll have people just bring them rice and water and they sit in the same position their legs get all fucked up like their hips are crazy like their, their hips just like fold out man like it's fucking insane yeah so you get somebody that can go and do that because they have this kind of like uh collapse around just being a fucking person like yeah, if they yeah. can see through they can see through that shit so instantly and so clearly that this ego that kind of carries you through western culture and the the ego that's like promoted they can just fucking see through it and they're like i'm out i don't need it and even last year i kind of had that i was like what the the fuck am i doing like this is weird like i don't know that i can be like that anymore but you make the call i'm like fuck i actually like my life i feel like i'm a good person you know like so you try and integrate integrate the two Take what you can yeah. yeah i think i haven't listened to the full podcast yet but i did listen to the joe rogan one with the, is it Corey sandhagen i think just one of the i think he's a bantamweight in the ufc oh no i think it's just the new one of the newer ones i think anyways but i started listening to a i think it was yesterday might have been yesterday in the car but i think that's i got up to where he started he did mention something about going and like camping in the mountains yeah just like escaping you know as part of his to help with his training because he said after he lost his one of his fights to one of the guys he had to like re i guess find himself or yeah or whatever else but he i think i think that's where that podcast was going in that same yeah, direction right. like like um it was all about like mental training and yeah you know taking himself away you know going up and going camping and going on these treks and stuff where you just kind of get lost in that in yeah. that moment and everything else gets pushed aside yeah so i think that's where he was kind of going with that as well was to that whole maybe maybe he wasn't going right into meditation but i'm guessing that I that's think probably what he was doing he's probably yeah. going up there and then 
camping up there and chilling the fuck out and uh, meditating and just you know being out in nature chilling out yeah well you think about it man like in fighting like you're not really like you're not there in the sense of like i thought about this when um i did the state titles last year for jiu-jitsu and i watched it like it was only 30 seconds and i watched it back and i didn't really remember anything like i knew i finished the dude with a footlock but i like didn't really remember any of it and when i watched it back i was like it was like i was it's like i wasn't even there like i was watching it for kind of the first time i think that i think that happens with all of them because i 100 percent. i look back i even uh like i don't after i fight i never really remember yeah i remember yeah you, remember, you always you remember, remember bits, and pieces. bits and pieces but you can watch a three-round fight back and be like i can't do that that was all right or fuck what was i doing then like you don't yeah. you don't actually like you, you can't i don't know if it if it's the adrenaline maybe that that shuts that out so you because it becomes i guess with the fighting thing like a, a lot of it's instinctual yeah that's obviously why you train so much because you shouldn't yeah. if, if it takes it you to automatic th- yeah if it takes you to think about it it's too late yeah you know it should be just an instinctual movement or a, you know yeah. this is he puts here he, go, he moves here you move there yeah he does this you do that because as soon as it becomes something where you got to actively think about it, you're gonna to be too late. You're behind the eight ball. You're yeah. gonna get hit. Yeah. So I think that part of it is like once adrenaline takes over, kind of go because I know that I can look back and, as I said, think about certain parts in the fights that I'm doing, like whether it's defending something or trying to hold someone down or moving somewhere. But a lot of it is just blurred. Yeah. And it's not until you watch it back that you're like oh wait a minute that i did that and i did this yeah but i think that it's what i don't know if it's i think it it might be adrenaline that causes that so think about it in this framework then so in that in that moment like you're not there in the way like you're not like you're not you attached to like your wife and kids like there's none of these thoughts that are in your head like there's not a lot of thinking about you and your experience so like the your ego or yourself is you telling yourself a story of the experience that you're having like Mm. that's kind of the box that the self is in yeah so it's like you're not doing that there's no time to do that you're not you're not like that that process kind of isn't happening because it's just so in the moment yeah and if you're going into a a fight and you are thinking about what you're going to do and if you are thinking uh oh if he does this i'm gonna do it. it's not nah, it's gone that that shit isn't there and you you get it the same in the training room like when i roll i don't really remember many of my roles in the gym unless it's against someone that's like not like i can just handle that person yeah, completely yeah, yeah. And then you're kind of just chilling and you can cruise around and like you can think more but man if i'm rolling with like a fucking brown belt or a black belt like yeah, one you of the don't big have boys, time like, to be like i need my foot here i need my hand here it's no. just gotta be it's just gotta happen <laughs> yeah. yeah so and i think that that's why like so to talk about you know like western culture it's so about the self and it's so about you know you and trying to better yourself and trying to like it's this constant sort of climb i think that's why people place such an importance on like recreational shit like surfing and motocross and you know I mean, that's like, that time where you're because out of that the self. self goes yeah and we don't realize that that's what's happening but i think once you once you start meditating you can kind of you can just go in between those two modes quite readily yeah then it's very easy like the situation like sex you know fuck when you're having like good sex you're gone dude 
you know, about nothing else. Nah, man, yeah. you're just having fucking good sex, yeah. and you almost feel like you and that person that you're fucking are like one person. The thirty seconds and no thoughts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, all that like, if you kind of break it down, like all those things that we're doing, and like we're sort of just moving, we're trying to move away from that. So I think there is like this thing that's intrinsic to our nature that makes us want to get away from that. But we call it jiu-jitsu we call it oh, surfing yeah. and that's why like you know you say you got an obsessive personality i think people get obsessed with like the escapism of it yeah but they just don't really know what's happening why they're doing it and they don't know that for in 10 minutes you can get there yeah yeah, yeah. just by sitting down and and i think that that's that's not to say that you shouldn't do jiu-jitsu and you shouldn't surf and you shouldn't fight like it's an amazing way to like get that experience and it's like so intense and so raw and there's just so much going on but if your life is like fucked up and you can't sleep and you're like depressed and you're constantly anxious or you're like periodically unhappy constantly throughout the day it's those, like those it's like are not really going to help you need to do well, other stuff as well yeah well i mean they might help but what happens if you get a knee injury yeah yeah and you can't do jiu-jitsu what to, happens to actually to, talking about going back to like the escaping things i actually went out and bought a motorbike because that was my i was like fuck i need something that because yeah. my all my my everything i do in a day revolves around because obviously i own the gym yeah you need I'm something fight, other than fighting other than uh, yeah. just other than gym like other, whether it's fighting or lifting weights or training people while they're lifting weights it's all yeah because when i went to the psychologist they said you need another outlet you need a hobby because one day fighting won't be there then what are you going to do Mm. where are you going to go from there you know what I mean so that I went out and bought a bow I was like fuck it I'll just shoot a bow and then I, I bought the bow and I literally that's when I tore my pegs I couldn't even fucking shoot it anyways <laughs> but then I, I got a bought me and my son a motorbike so I was like fuck what it what kind you know? of motorbike what I get a KTM 450 oh, EXC I think it is EXC like a road like you can it's not road register but you it's can it's like a trial bike that you, yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty cool because I, I had when I was younger I had like a YZ 450 and then I had a two stroke 250 and Fuck stuff yeah. when I was younger so and then but then when when fighting got more serious I couldn't because I kept you'd come off and get injured and then you can't fucking train or fight so I had to like toss mm. up to him mm. so the reason I got this one was and that's I got my a, life currently except yeah. I don't get paid to fight <laughs> well the I got this one because my mate has one and he's a bit older and he's got a plumbing business and he runs it himself so he can't afford to have injuries and he goes riding with older dudes. Yeah. So I was like, fuck, well, that'd be cool because I'm not going to be, I'll just be cruising along. Like we're going like out at like places like Drake. Yeah. He's going like fire trails and shit. You're not out there trying to break any records or yeah, doing so. Yeah. Well, my son won, so you know, go camping out there. But, you know, talk about that escapism type thing. Well, I noticed that whilst I was out there camping, as soon as you're riding... You're not actually, you don't think of that, you know, because I, I, even when I'm doing, because yeah. for me, obviously, it's somewhat of a job fighting. You know what I mean? So it, it's still work, essentially. Yeah, yeah. So for me to not think about fighting and not think about training people and running at the gym and all that shit, I noticed that when I was riding, we're going for like two hour long trail rides through the bush, like through the fire trails. You completely disconnect from everything else, but exactly what's in front of you yeah like exactly like the ruts and the sticks and the trees and shit like that so i found doing that was almost for me i guess you could reference like meditation i guess you yeah. could say because i wasn't thinking about nothing else but that and then when you're done you come back to like the camp it's like you're fucking tired and you kind of sit down and it's always like you're relaxed you're chilled yeah. out 
you know what i mean it's a, i guess you could use that same kind of reference with the with the meditation yeah that's how i felt afterwards anyways you go for a ride and then you're like fuck i'm wrecked now like go back have a beer and sit on the the camp chair and you're just cooked yeah yeah and and i think that um the for me anyway like jujitsu for me i'm there like instantly it's the one thing in my life that i'd say like if i was talented at anything it'd be that and i'm not saying like fucking gordon ron but like it's easy for me to do jujitsu and get into like the flow of i'm not thinking anymore i go fucking completely dark and you know people the boys like even joke about it they're like you're fucking gone bro like when yeah. you like you just don't even look the same like you're a different focused person focused on it yeah like i just something about it just sucks me in so much and that's like it's fucking it's so easy for me to get into that whereas motocross i've been doing it my whole life but it doesn't do that for me like I, it's not really an escape well i have to try so hard at it because i'm just not that good yeah, even though yeah. i've been doing it forever and i'm like i'm i'd say i'm probably like better than the average yeah but I'm, it's a struggle like it's fucking hard and now when i'm out there i'm like thinking i'm like fuck my arms hurt yeah, fuck yeah. i suck at this <coughs> fuck i wish i could train more so that it wasn't like and the, again the wheels are just turning so like you know I would say to people, because that's one of the things people are like, oh, I just don't really want to like do it. Like I'd surf, surfing's my meditation. This is my meditation, just whatever. And that's like a thing that they say. I'm like, yeah, but what if this makes it better? Yeah. Because like it's made motocross better for me. Like I just know as soon as I start thinking, it's like I feel like I'm in a meditation in that same way. I'm like, oh, you're thinking, get out of that. And then you just get back into it. And it's it's let me enjoy so much other shit in my life well, maybe that's why the bike what the bike did for me was because whilst I'm training yeah. for fighting that I'm you, you still are thinking it's yeah. not really an escape I guess because you're still thinking like especially when you got a fight coming it's like game planning and yeah you, you what like what's the strategy so you're going to implement the strategy while you're sparring and yeah so you're not really escaping anything yeah exactly you know, if anything it's probably it's adding it's adding to it if anything yeah. so something like that but obviously then you can't get out and ride the motorbike in fight camp exactly so therefore that's where this whole meditation thing that give yeah. it a run and see if it makes any difference so like we'll see next week we'll soon find out anyway yeah, so when it. i we'll see what happens when i'm in uh in that fight week where usually it's a fucking the worst brain time. you know, brain just fucking spins well you look at, and the thing is like some people just i feel like have shit naturally too you know like i look at volko and you see him in that training room and it's just like a crazy focus that you yeah, see he's, from a, it. he's he's fuck he's built he's built different though like, yeah that's what i'm saying like he just you know like he has he, that he, shit he doesn't um well so he, he obviously i'm not in his head so i don't know but he from the out from what he said obviously because i'm good friends with him talked to him all the time and and you know been around when he's been in fight camps and helped him and fought on the same cards as him and stuff the one thing with him is that like I know that we should say, like I said before, about people getting nervous and that. Yeah, he is one person that I I think he's he, he like he breaks that rule. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like he he doesn't seem to get nervous. He like relishes all. I was the, gonna say he probably turns it into something else. Yeah, because he, he's like he doesn't seem to get nervous of of anything. It's like he just embraces it and then yeah. like you know you watch him walk out. You know, like for his first title fight in the UFC, his biggest smile on his face, like it looked like there was no nerves at all there. Yeah. And he even says that he's like, oh, I just don't really get nervous. So he has a silly, maybe puts it in somewhere else. But yeah, like he definitely breaks that rule of just like he, yeah, just he just, he's laser focused and just doesn't have that nervous and just enjoys every single moment of it. Yeah. And I think some, 
like some part a lot of guys that fight i think part of it is you enjoy like you love fighting but you still go through the element of like the fear and like fuck why am i still why mm. am i still put myself through this you know what i mean like but i think he's like no nah, fuck it i he's just one track mind of like mm. nah i love it and i'm gonna be the best and like that's the only thought process he has no fear no nerves nothing mm. well that's like when we did the podcast i would i was talking to him about certain things and he's like yeah yeah that's what i feel like he he's not even trying to qualify the experience mm. whereas a person like me I'm trying to like break every experience down and I'm trying to like analyze it and see how I can do it better. And, and then you get a guy like him where he's just like running with experience. Yeah. It's not really trying to qualify it. He's not really trying to label it. He's not really trying to like figure it out. It just, it's happening. And he's like, it seems Embrace like it. he's just down to, down to be in it. And I, and I like, I fucking admire that. Trait. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's what I'm sort of slowly just trying to get two more in my own life is just being able to like fully let go and, and embrace that shit and, and yeah, I, I'm definitely not there <laughs> not the way he is anyways he, he can just he's just super, he's just chilled like even in fight camps and that like he's just fucking mm. like when I was that when you did the podcast and I was staying with him and his family and that like you, oh, you were in the room with the podcast eh? you, you stayed yeah, with yeah, us I the just, whole time yeah, yeah, yeah I just yeah, chilled yeah. out in the back yeah. Um, yeah and then even like throughout the for him i guess actually i took from when i stayed with him i guess you look at did you stay at the house with him yeah i just stayed yeah. at his joint yeah, and the other guys stayed at the at the um caravan park but i guess um i looked at it from it's almost like i was putting too much pressure on myself for fighting yeah. you know, for the fights because then when i stayed with him and to see he puts no pressure on himself it doesn't seem he just takes it day to day just goes you know gets the work done day to day he's the you know he's gone to defend his belt in the ufc you know what i mean so World so champion. much on the line against one of the gnarliest champions yeah. that the ufc's ever seen yeah and just so much on the line and it just you would never even notice that that was you know at the time like 10 days away yeah you know he's like fuck you like you would never even notice that because he's just so chilled and just embraces it yeah you know what I mean so I, I took from that I've actually taken some of that into this fight camp was just to rather than I guess don't make it something it's big every fight's big yeah but don't put so much pressure on yourself you make it something that it's not yeah you know if that makes sense yeah. you know what I mean like yeah. you just put heaps of pressure on yourself to, and then you before I my last fight not maybe not last one before that it put so much pressure on myself to fight that it almost takes away why you enjoy well, it. Yeah, why would you do it if it's going to fuck you fucking, up this yeah, much? Like, yeah, because like, why the fuck am I putting so much pressure on myself here? Like, I'm doing yeah. it because I love it. Yeah. And then you're putting all this unnecessary pressure on you, making it not enjoyable. Mm -hmm. So then when I stayed with him and I've taken some of that into this one, well, now I'm like, fuck it. That's sick. I've done it so, like, we've done it so many times. It's not like it's something different I haven't done. Yeah. So why am I putting all this pressure on myself to, you know, the what ifs and he does this and he does that, then where I should just focus on enjoying it that, fuck, I could be, I could be fucking back plumbing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Getting paid fucking to do that shit where now I'm doing something that I love. Still getting paid for it. Like, just enjoy it. Yeah. Because one day it's all going to be over. Yeah. And if I spent every fucking fight camp putting all this pressure and stressing myself and not enjoying the process what's it all for at the end you know what i mean like 
Because it's only twenty minutes in the cage. Fifteen oh, minutes. Oh, fifteen minutes. That's it. Like it's all the all the work. All, all you done. have is the process. That's right. That's what if I mean. If you look it? at a percentage of the time that is spent fighting versus preparing oh, to it's fight, like you're minimal. spending ninety seven percent of your time preparing to fight. Yeah, exactly. So why make that a torturous process for what fifteen minutes? Yeah, just enjoy it. So this one, this definitely this fight camp for me and I haven't even gone and travelled away and I've done all here on the coast like I've done it at CMBT yeah. and in Byron it's probably been the, the the best fight camp I've had and the most enjoyable because I haven't put all that like in, and I guess the other part of the pressure too is like when I go away to do the fight camps because I leave my business oh, with your family family kids, partner yeah. things like that so and all the other stresses get coming so almost if I don't win Mm. it was all for nothing yes you know what i mean that that type of pressure where this time i've just enjoyed the process so much more even though there's been setbacks here and there with like COVID and that but just enjoyed the process of going like fuck just show up to the gym put the work in Mm. and at the end of the day you can only do everything you can do and then put it on display and then whatever happens happens yeah and just enjoy that and i think i've done that this camp which is you know i think that's why all the stars are aligning a lot better with like injury wise training wise you know like my my weight things like that everything's been on point i think because of, you know maybe some of that comes down to just not having putting so much pressure on myself which sends so the much wheel. stress yeah that comes with it just chilling out and going fuck it just go with the flow with it a bit more like volco does mm. you know just just go with the flow and let it let it do its thing yeah and just enjoy it and i've definitely done that this time it's so much better yeah and if you think about like what we we're saying before that you know if you if you can kind of know based off experience that that like the thinking version of you isn't really in the cage for mm. most of it so it's like you spend all this time thinking about this fight that you're gonna have but then when you're in the fight you're not really thinking thinking of it at so all. so then what's yeah. the point of thinking if thinking kind of doesn't really become a part of the process well, while the process you're actually is fighting the, as you said the 97 percent like the process is everything that you're doing in the gym mm. and then you do it so much that when you are in there it's not a thought it's more of a reaction and it's more instinctual yeah and you're just gonna do it and i guess that's the beauty of fighting is that you've got two people that have spent you know eight ten twelve weeks whatever doing everything every day is purely designed to combat what you do mm. you know what i mean i guess that's where they where people talk about that after you have you fight someone there's that weird like connection yeah because when you think about it you've spent unless it's a late note unless it's a short notice fight you've essentially spent like 10 weeks thinking about it. like me and dimps knew that we were fighting i think it was like late november last year so when you think about that all like every day at some point guaranteed you've thought about Mm. fighting each other or when you're training you're thinking about what they do so you can combat that and and beat them so that's a big portion that's like that's going like what's that three that'll be three months yeah three months have gone on four months of of your life thinking about this one person i guess that's so that you know what i mean like that's where that yeah that's where like, people talk about that connection after you fight someone because it's a fucking massive amount of time where every day and every session you're like fuck I've got to do this so when he does this I'm going to do this but doing those things over that course of that time then goes back to not when you're not in there it's not really a thought process it's just yeah. going off I guess what you've what you've practiced and why you spent so many hours in the gym 
to prepare yourself is so that it isn't a thought. Yeah. It's just going to be all instinctual and then you're just going to do what you need to do and all, and all come into place. Yeah. So, yeah. The, um, I, I, man, that trip to do the podcast with Volks, that definitely changed my mindset mm. on, you know, you'd hear him say like hardest worker in the room, hardest worker in the room, hardest worker in the room. And he was. Oh, a hundred percent. I and just shared, I just shared a thing of his, uh, today or yesterday. And, no matter where he is, where like we've trained uh, in, Fuck, gives me goosebumps. Yeah, about we've, that we've trained in Thailand together, in uh, New Zealand, and here. Always, always the hardest worker. Always. Doesn't mean you have to be the best. No, no, but he's just he's just always the hardest worker. Like he's just always the one that's given everything all the time. Like yeah, he has that like uh, that he doesn't. He just hasn't that. What's the word I'm looking for? Like he, he doesn't have doesn't take no for an answer. I guess or just doesn't have any quid in it's Like yeah. not, not like we can do it. We get there. Like he can be. It's fucking Def, special, at, man. At hey. Dev's doorstep, and he'll find another gear. Yeah. No, nah, no, nah, I fuck still got more there. You know what I mean? Like how the fuck did? You, like how are you still going? Shit's inspiring, but mm. dude, like I was fucking inspired watching that guy. Like, mm. and I was a fan. You know, what I mean? it's not like I I was like. Uh, I didn't think a lot of him before I got there yeah. but then I watched the way that he trained and then I watched the way that that lifted up like you guys and I and then you can see like with Colby he is like this mini Volks like a protege it, yeah. you know what I mean and then his last fight on Eternal like he just fucking mauled the like mm. I actually I don't, I'm not sure what he would think about it but I, I actually don't even think he looked that good to mm. what I like to even what I saw him look oh, in that room like I actually don't even think that was like a real great version of him and he still fucking yeah, mauled that yeah. dude and you can see, you but you can see the work like you can see yeah. the work ethic well was, he's got he's thinking like he, he's got every single day he's got around that he's around that and he's got that to aspire to yeah to the every day like to see the work that Alex is putting in to get to where he is Colby's just seen that every day. Mm. That's what I need to do. So as long as he's doing that, you know, his chances of succeeding in the sport are fucking massive. Yeah. Because he can see that. He, he goes through all that roller coaster of fight camps with Alex every time. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, and, and he's fucking good. Like, and, and you can see that when he fights. And as you said, the fight itself was not an indication of what he, wasn't how much like, skill he has. It wasn't yeah. clean you know what I mean no. like you, you see some guys that, that they'll have like a clean performance yeah. you're like shit like I I even think like as an armchair fucking quarterback here like I even think Izzy didn't look as clean as he normally does on the yeah. weekend you know what I mean obviously there's like so many factors but there's like these just clean performances where you're like fuck that was like a super sharp version of that dude yeah, yeah and yeah. you know like and if you can still win when you're not looking that clean yeah. sharp polished it then there's obviously that's when you're like digging into the bank account of like hard work and well, just as, straight work ethic as Izzy said I think he said in the the post fight thing it's like uh, that it's, it's just a bad day in the office for, yeah. for him you know what I mean where most people if you know you have a bad day in the office fucking millions of people don't notice it yeah you know for him or for anyone that fights on in UFC or anyone that fights in general, I guess, a, a bad day, if your bad day is the day you fight... For a world for everyone, It just means everyone gets to see your bad day where could be a bad day, could have been the week before in the gym and then you come perform yeah. like he normally would and no one ever knows you had a bad day. Yeah. It was just unfortunate that his bad day was... 
for the live heavyweight for the live title, title yeah. and then in front of everyone to see you know what i mean but yeah there was a one thing that helped me with jiu-jitsu and i like try and carry this with me forever now is that like your best day of jiu-jitsu could be somebody's worst day 100 percent. and like you know you think you're like oh i'm gonna go i'm a killer <laughs> yeah i'm like fuck i'm gonna choke a black belt you know what i mean and then it's just like wait a minute that could be that dude's worst know, training day. What he's done His fucking that. misses could have dumped in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like that. You have to be real careful with your fucking ego in jujitsu or any kind of combat sport, martial art. Like, and and you you have the ability to translate that into like your entire life mm. if you're like cautious I think of that's, it. I think that's why why jujitsu, especially now, is getting so much more popular. But only that, the whole thing with jiu-jitsu just transfers across into life so much fuck yes like has a massive transfer across yeah like just the whole way of learning it and you know some days you're the hammer some days you're the nail you know some days you know, some days you have good days some days you have fucking terrible days that make you want to quit and throw your belt in the bin like i did <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know uh, which is the exact same as you know in life you have the exact same problems come up but and then that's why i reckon it's uh why also it's so good for people yeah because it is the whole concept of it is like uh solving puzzles yeah you know what i mean that every day you go every time you're in there you're going in there and it's just solving problems every person's a different puzzle yeah and and it's the whole time on the mat whenever you're rolling it's just it's just so it's obviously just solving a problem like yeah you know we you're he's here you're here how am i going to get from here to here yeah and you know, what steps am i going to take to get there you know to to be to be beneficial for you in that situation you know what i mean yeah and i think what you said before too about the bond that you've got with a dude after you fight him because you're spending like so long preparing or whatever i think that same thing can happen just for the average person in a jiu-jitsu gym 100 percent. like i got like i've been doing it three years but you know like there's a few boys in my gym where i'm like they're as good of friends to me as anyone i've been friends with for fucking 20 mm. years because like we've like hurt like we've gone through pain like we've yeah, gone through struggle bleed, like yeah. there's like sweat equity yeah. you know like i think that's but that's like um footy does that crossfit yeah. i know that yeah and that's where people give that stigma to i don't know jiu-jitsu probably hasn't got that stigma yet but i know crossfit gets at that whole cult thing blah blah, blah yeah. because you know i guess because you spend so many days you know like everyone that goes to the 4 30 session usually goes to every 4 30 session yeah, yeah. five days a week so same thing like sweat equity you become you watch people struggle their way through sessions and you know and you admire that and yeah you know, so maybe you've just started and they've been doing it forever so you aspire to get to that level yeah then you kind of have that bond yeah and that's the same i guess with jujitsu it's the same thing and even yeah. like you know, with the boys like we're sparring tonight yeah same thing you, you build like when you are training together so often and you're hurting each other essentially but helping each other yeah you have yeah. you build that bond which is it's different to any other yeah bond you know what I mean? it's not like it's a, a friendship that you met a friend of a friend and you shake the hand you're it's, not sitting at a bar drinking yeah it's not like a kick on friendship you know yeah that's right yeah well like even uh so the last like i said the last couple months like month or so i just haven't really been out of train my fitness isn't that good i'm not like i'm not the same dude in the gym as what i i would be if i was training all the time yeah and then a comp comes around like a fight night for the boys and we had like a brown belt and black belt fighting and and I just would go to the gym on Friday nights just for for, for uh, Felipe. Yeah. Brown belt. And, like, I the guy that he was fighting, it's like he was, like, a guard player sort of guy. And, and I was like, right, I'm going to go in there and, like, regard, I know he's going to ask me to roll and I know he's going comp roll. 
that's the only dude I'm there to fight tonight. Yeah. And I'm going to give him every fucking thing I can for the entire six minutes. I'm just going to go fucking ham. I'm going to ruin myself for every other <laughs> role. And I'm probably going to get fucking thrown around the room like a chew toy for everybody else. But like, that's the dude that's fighting. And whether it helps or not, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I look at him, I respect that dude like a motherfucker, and he's a he's a monster, and he helps my jiu-jitsu. So I'm, like, offering myself yeah, yeah. to him, you know, for these three Friday nights in a row where I'd, Sweat like, equity. literally... And then I went, like, there was one night, like, the first of these Friday nights where it, it, I was like, all right, whatever pass he passes me with tonight, I will work on that all week. Just that, and I'll go back... Because he's doing the same shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's got his his A game. And it was just that same thing. And I think, like, there's guys that I know that have done that for me before in comms. Or you'll do, like, a shark tank with guys. And, and you'll just go, fucking ham. And they've got, like, an office job they just came from. You know what I mean? And, yeah, like, and yeah, you're just yeah. bashing them because you're in, like, this comp mode. But the respect that you've got for somebody for, like, showing up, giving, giving them it, your yeah. body. Like, they've just given you their body so that you can do this you know it's a, and it's a silly jiu-jitsu comp essentially at my yeah. level there's nothing on the line yeah but you know that shit creates like well that's that legitimate bond. that's that bond that with a so i never really had that too much because i've always gone like had to travel for training camps yeah. and stuff so you never really have that bond like but you'd have that now at combat well now i do at yeah. combat with the boys there because we're you know as you said sweat equity we're fucking putting we're putting the work in every day to try and we all get better together you know like win together lose together type thing and there's guys there that don't have fights coming up and yet they're on the wall doing the fucking worst part of fight you can think of <laughs> fucking war work yeah and they're on there just battling it out and yeah. they got no fight coming up and like that but they're still showing up every session you yeah. know what i mean so building that bond and that's that and you, you know, respect those dudes 100 so long yeah because and then you got other other guys that there's other, the other side of it would be like the people in gyms that just show up when they're, they've only got their fight yeah you know I and mean? they're not gonna they don't put the time into anyone else yeah you don't have the same respect for them yeah as you do for the guys that are coming in on there you know they don't, they've got no reason to be in there getting their ass fucking beat up like yeah they just want to chill out they got no fight camp they got no fight booked around like that yet they're in there every day or they're not or they don't even fight they're just there just in there like, helping yeah, they're yeah. just there to do it yeah yeah no. so that's it's it's fucking wicked at um cmbt because we've got like our little team we've got going on there like the the, the like the the pro team it's pro there's still like the amateur guys are in there and that too but the the pro fighters and that because we're all obviously all out to get the same thing and, and help each other but there's no there's no, like a, a lot of times you go to gyms and, and and city kickboxing was another one that's really good yeah just no ego there's no egos there it's like you can't have one yeah you just don't fit in there if you do like everyone's there that's so to sick. push each other and to like i said when you're sparring it's like you you fucking pick each other up but in a controlled environment yeah like you, you're not you don't you can't go in there and pitter patter it's not real you're not helping anyone then you're doing your partner a disservice then yeah you know you got to go in there and still can put it on the line essentially just without hurting each other mm. and i guess you got that's where you got to leave your ego at the door with it all and at cmbt that's what i've noticed there like we've all come together and help each other and we're not in there trying to fucking knock each other out and hurt each other and that like i see other gyms won't name any names but they're, they're fucking they'll knock someone out in training and then they'll put a video up of it 
what the fuck are you celebrating yeah what are you, you selling here? like yeah what the fuck is that That's, who's that doing any favors for like you look like an idiot now yeah so you were in there like you know you might you, everyone lands lucky shots and shit but you know you fucking pick about like, shit sorry bro i didn't mean to land like that yeah but we're there all to build each other up and help each other prepare and that's a it's a really wicked environment there especially like uh, i've only really been involved in the mma side of it there obviously but it's just like a wicked team environment like a, that bond and everyone's helping everyone it's uh, i love it because i've never had that like i have there where it's like yeah. that's like home base are you gonna stay there you think yeah 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 so actually looking at i don't know if i say it or not but fuck it <laughs> we're looking at um in the very near future looking at me taking over the some of the coaching there yes yeah, um so yeah i just wasn't sure if it's yeah but i've spoke to miles and cell and that we're all, all sweet with it and like all the guys are cool with it and whatnot yeah, and, and it gives me obviously like i'm passionate about obviously fighting but also passionate about coaching like i love teaching i love cornering like i love yeah. helping the guys i love game planning and all that goes into fighting itself so yeah so to take on something like that would be sick and they've given me the opportunity to do that yeah and that was something i thought i wouldn't get an opportunity to do until i was done fighting completely and i start my own gym yeah so they've kind of given me an opportunity to, to still fight and take on that coaching and whatnot without having all the other stress of running the gym itself yeah 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 because you know, so much goes obviously i've done that already the running of a gym and that so i know how much goes into it and it's like yeah. you can't do you wouldn't be i wouldn't be able to fight, fight and run coach a gym and coach yeah so the gym i run is just a 24-hour gym right so it's not associated with martial arts mm. so the commitment to that obviously there's still a massive commitment because it's a business but i feel like when it comes to training people to fight they're putting a lot of fucking faith mm. in you as a coach to get the best out of them and prepare them the best you can i just don't think that i don't know if you can do that and fight yourself like with joe it's his life that's right yeah yeah so i think that yeah so up here like uh, to be able to still fight and still help the guys but have other guys coaching as well where we're all helping each other it's just a good i think it's a good opportunity which obviously i'm going to take with both hands yeah um but at the moment obviously fuck it's wild trying to find places and yeah like like the the whole move would be wild so we just kind of get this fight out of the way and then probably knuckle down more into that because then i've got another guy a couple of the guys are fighting up at coastal combat in april so probably probably looking at like end of april really knuckle down onto it yeah, just get sick. these guys all sorted first and make sure their fights all uh the, you know, the more important part of it first get them fighting and prepared the best they can and then look at yeah the future from there fuck that's sick yeah, yeah. i mean it, i love what those dudes are done like miles and sell like i'm huge fans of yeah. those boys and it's cool to see that you know they said like oh we want to make like a pro team here like we want to do like a you know like a city kickboxing yeah. type deal or you know like a freestyle gym you know and that wasn't on the gold coast but there were so many people that are sort of like choosing to be here eternal dude like massive shout out to cam as well like, yeah they're starting to put together something really really rad as well yeah they're definitely taken over as like the the premium the pre one. yeah they're, they're the one like i know they used to be like cfc and then i think afc was was up there for a bit and then um but yeah they're definitely become the 
they're like the Eternals definitely the top one now especially because yeah. they they were still getting shows out when no one else was even contemplating getting shows out yeah dude Cam taking the risk hard, yeah hard on that shit yeah yeah which, which yeah it's I think the Gold Coast with obviously those guys being based there I'm sure there'll be a lot of big fights on the Gold Coast to have a Gold Coast gym that you know because I, I feel like in Queensland there probably wasn't a gym that really was like a, eternal as a promotion there wasn't really a gym that stood out as like this is like the gym where all the big dudes go to in the Gold Coast yeah, or, or guess, like southern Queensland you know because there was not there's not really when you think there's not really too many MMA gyms where you can go and it's, it's like so that's how I got around so yeah, much because you were like having to go to so many different places and then pads and then you know boxing and wrestling and you're constantly trying to find and there's you never have it all in one place where there that's what's so good it's all in one place you just they got a cage they yeah, got you just mats, go to training they yeah. got s and c oh speaking of training you gotta go you gotta go we're almost done three hours oh really well, it's running out of time i enjoyed it man no it was good man so make sure uh yeah, yeah shout out the fight yeah so march 20 um carrara indoor sports stadium I think tickets are getting pretty slim at the moment because they're doing that double fight night and I think uh, they're selling out fast. I think they came saying something about like maybe like 35 tables are sold and a shit ton of tickets. Wow. So, um, yeah, get those. And uh, also, too, I've I'm I'm got some supporter shirts. Yeah. Um, and the proceeds are going to two charities. Yeah. So jump on my Instagram, check out that. And What's like, um, Instagram? Just Brenton M. Yep. Yeah, at Brenton M. Um, the link's in my bio and it's just going to two different causes. So one's infant death, supporting parents and families that go through loss of an infant. My sister just went through that. So it's something oh. I'm going to put some money towards. What I can, obviously, what little exposure I do have to help out. And another one is my friend uh, Grant Goff that I grew up with. His, uh, his kid is... It's, uh, you know, got picked up a disease, um, something to do with the spine. I'm not a hundred. I just don't want to say too much about because I'm not a hundred percent. I don't want to say it wrong, but um, basically that you get scans for it when the when the baby's still inside and um, they can pick it up. But in Queensland, if I, if I might fuck this up, I'm not sure. But I think in Queensland they don't do that scan, um. and his child unfortunately has that, and so now obviously they're they're raising awareness and trying to raise money to get this scan to happen yeah. so that no one else has to go through what they're going through. And that one is um, Move for Oakley. So, yeah, guys, and jump on, get a shirt. The, all the proceeds are going to both those charities. And, and then, obviously, if you get tickets, wear them on the night. And, or get if you, got, if you don't want to get tickets or can't get tickets, get the Fight Pass app, UFC yeah. Fight Pass app, and it'll be on there as well. Perfect, man. Well, I hope you enjoyed it. I, I, as soon as we met at... Um down uh, in Volko's camp I, I knew we'd do this at some yeah, point yeah wicked so no, I was, enjoyed um, it yeah yeah I hope you enjoyed it and uh, and I'm so I won't be able to go I'm going on Friday I won't be able to go Saturday which sucks but, ah um, that's all good uh, yeah I'm spewing but um, but yeah I'll definitely uh, definitely come to your next one we'll be cheering you on for sure sweet thanks so much brother no worries man appreciate it thanks dude oh, wow.